we got two members on the platform, yourself and Mr. Kaiso. Should we give it a few more minutes? Yeah, let's give it about two more minutes and see. Thanks. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you. Oh, I'm in there. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. I said Mr. Kaiso is in. Yes, I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. How, how are you, Honorable Mlenzana? Honorable Mlenzana, you're last week on a lack of matter here. Mlenzana.
Lenzana. support staff everybody is on the platform um, as, as you know today we the committee is meeting with the department of small business De- De- development let, let me take this opportunity to welcome the honorable minister uh, uh, minister stelanda ben abrams good morning minister and welcome um, the deputy minister honorable stumuzamini dg mr Ndogushe mkumane and the whole uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, department on the, on the, on the platform, we are, all, we are all welcome. We are looking forward to uh, engaging with you as per our communication. Obviously, we are also having uh, the Parliamentary Budget Office led by Dr. Tumsan Chanchis, its director, who will also be making an input uh, around the issue of, of small uh, uh, business uh, development. It, uh, it is an, a, a great <laughs> pleasure for us to welcome the department. Darren, before we proceed, can you check the apologies that we are having? Chairperson, yes, we received apologies from Mr. Mare, Mr. Matafa, and Mr. Dikhala for today's meeting. Okay, can you please note those apologies? <clears throat> um, I think a, a small business development has been identified. Uh, uh, as far as the economic uh, reconstruction and recovery plan is concerned, that it's, uh, it's very critical um, <clears throat> for the reigniting of the economy. Again, it's also very important as far as uh, allowing <clears throat> previously disadvantaged people to, uh, to get into the economy. It's also very important as far as job creation is, 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 is concerned. 
uh, and minister, we have never had an opportunity of interacting with your good self. We thought, let's get you on a, on a, on on a Friday, and uh, <clears throat> uh, understand what it, it's, it's happening in, in the in the department and as a committee, see how we we we, we can help. Um, <clears throat> it's a truism that uh, uh, all economies which are developing is because by and large of the contribution of, of, of small business. So the critical role of your department uh, cannot be overemphasized. Thank you very much. Uh, 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 Director PBO, uh, we have always been interacting with you. Uh, you, you you'll, come, you'll come in. I think we'll, 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 we'll allow the department, um, <clears throat> I would say, let's, let's give the department 45 minutes maximum Minister, you, you can decide to take less than that. It's, 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 it's fine, but uh, 45 minutes. And what will happen after that? Uh, then PPO will come, will come in. And then the oral members will have an opportunity to interact with their presentations. You'll come back to uh, respond to the issues that would have been raised uh, by the honorable members. Uh, but uh, uh, me, uh, honorable minister, uh, Stelanda Ben Abrams, um, Let's uh, uh, give the <clears throat> an opportunity to you. Then you decide who you call and when. But you are most welcome. Thank you very much. Chairperson, sorry, sorry to interrupt, Chairperson. Yes, yeah, yes, Chair. I've, I've just also I've received uh, an apology from Mr. Manzana. He's attending a funeral, uh, so I just wanted to bring that to the attention of the committee, Mr. Manzana. Manzana. No, but you're. Oh, but no, that was okay. Kaiso. That, that was Kaiso chairperson. Oh, okay, okay. So let's note uh, Honorable Lenzana's uh, apology. Uh, Honorable Minister, please come in. Good morning, uh, Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members, and everyone mm-hmm. who's attending this meeting in this platform. Let's first mm-hmm. take this opportunity to thank. Uh, the committee for inviting us to come and share this critical work that we do as we have cited Chair. Of course, we have few specific programs that we do believe that by us implementing them, Minister, we Minister, can I interrupt you, please? Sorry for that. As from one of the Akatea Pizu. That's better. <laughs> How is that, Sir? Yeah. please. Okay. Um, I think that's better. I just wanted to fix it. My apologies, Felix, for the delay. I know you yeah. said we have 45 minutes, but I'm trying to make sure that the camera is... Yep, you have 45 45. 45. Thank you yeah. so much. So we'll be presenting the work that is done uh, by ourselves in the portfolio, starting from CIFA, which is our funding institution, and CEDA, which support institution. The Director General of the Department is here, leading all the portfolio organizations as, 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 as expected. They will take us through various programs, as I indicated earlier, that do give a, a, at least a bit of a relaxation 
to those that are beneficiaries and those that are intending to be beneficiaries. But what we always ask for, Chairperson, uh, is that people must first read and try to understand the products that we have. Therefore, after they've read all the products, when they reach out, they must always make sure that they have the necessary documentation that we are requesting for. We have tried to relax the requirements so there's no one that can say we've asked for ridiculous things. We've tried to tone down because we understand the constituency that we're working with, wherein we can assist through our institution that is CEDA that provides the business development support. We're therefore able to assist those that need to be, to, to be assisted. Chairperson, uh, with your permission, please allow me to invite the Director General of the Department to talk into details on the overview of the work that is being done. Thank you, Chair. DG. Please come in. Morning, Minister. Uh, morning, Honourable Chair and Honourable Members. Uh, my name is Linda Wilson Kuman, the DG of the Department of Small Business Development. I must just indicate, Chair, that the CEOs are still struggling to get in, but I'll start with the presentation so that we don't uh, waste time. Um, as the Minister said, we will be talking to the work that we are doing uh, as a department as per the letter that was uh, sent uh, to the minister. Okay, uh, we do have two uh, entities that are currently reporting to the minister, uh, the Small Enterprise Development Agency as well as the Small Enterprise Finance Agency, which is CIFA. Uh, we'll start uh, with the CIFA, the work that we are doing within um, the Small Enterprise Finance Agency, where we are trying to make sure that we do avail financial support to small businesses as well as cooperatives. Um, we do have uh, regional administrators, we do have offices, but for CIFA in particular, we don't have offices in, in every uh, area. Uh, we are still working uh, with the other entities, including CIDA, to make sure that there are co-location points that are established. We have uh, these uh, uh, people who are assisting. We have regional administrators, also have investment analysts who are based in these regions. We have investment officers who are also responsible for due diligence, but also for basic assessments of the applications. And then we have these regional managers who make sure that what's supposed to happen in the regions uh, happens. Then um, we have this key program uh, that we are driving. It was the first time uh, that we have come up as government with a program that is entirely focused on township and rural uh, enterprises. This is designed for those enterprises that are based in these areas um, to assist them to grow, uh, to also formalize those that are informal. But uh, amongst other products or other sectors that we are supporting, these are the ones that are listed here, but we are not exclusive. Uh, so those that are not listed here, for example, people who are involved even in the um, the funeral industries, we do support them. Those who are involved in the construction sector, we also support them. But we try to make sure that we do customize the support that we provide to these uh, 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 businesses that are based, uh, especially those that are in township and rural areas. This is uh, the financial package that we offer. What we are also pushing for, Chair, is to make sure that people start getting um, serious about uh, running their businesses but also the business management support is provided so that they are able to provide 
the services that they, they aim to provide as businesses, but also are able to pay back the money so that we are able to support those businesses uh, that uh, also need funding. So it's impossible for us to issue all the time 100% grants. That's why we support, we offer blended finance, uh, of which it should be, it goes up to the maximum of 50% of the approved amount. So those are the examples that, for example, if you, we give you 100,000 rand, 50,000 rand is a loan and 50,000 rand of that is a grant, as well as if it's a 1 million, um, that we, we, we give you the 900,000 is the loan and then the 100,000 will be a grant. So the, the grant goes up to a maximum of, of, of a, a 100,000. Then the maximum period that you can pay the money is 60 months, uh, but it also depends on the cash flow. So what we've done also is change um, this, the basis of granting of the loan. I know that most small businesses have been complaining that they don't have, for example, the collateral uh, that is required. If you are borrowing from a bank, you need to have assets that can be taken against uh, your, 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 your loan. So what we've done is that we based our lending on cash flow. So it depends on the capacity of the business to pay back the money. So it doesn't matter whether you have assets, but um, we make sure that whatever business plan you submit, it must give us the confidence that you'll be able to pay back the money. Our interest rate is strict at at 5%. We do provide a moratorium of six months. We try to relax the eligibility criteria uh, for the businesses that are based in township and rural areas. it must be registered, obviously, with the CIPC because we need to be able to account for the money that we advance to small businesses. Um, it must be owned by South African nationals, but also we're saying at least 70% of the employees must be South Africans, uh, obviously, because it's a township and rural and, uh, entrepreneurship uh, program. You must be based either in a township or rural areas. Uh, you must uh, have a, a license, but if you don't have a business license, at least you must be willing because we do facilitate that we don't want you to be excluded from getting support because you don't have a license. So we make sure that uh, we assist you uh, with engaging with the municipalities to make sure that they issue licenses. What we've also uh, ensured, Chair, is that the people must at least be registered with SARS and UIF. We discovered that, especially during the COVID uh, uh, pandemic time when there was lockdown and businesses were closed, uh, most of uh, SMEs were not registered with UIF, um, which is very, very important because it assists you to at least continue to pay your employees. So the money that most of the businesses were looking for during that period of the COVID pandemic, uh, it's people who were looking for money to pay salaries of which they could have avoided looking for this money if they had registered with UIF. Um, the business bank account, obviously, you need to have a business, but we also uh, do assist in uh, you in opening a business account if you don't have one. Chair, this is just a, a high-level uh, summary. I'm not going to go into details in terms of uh, what we've done so far in terms of the impact, um, the money that we've given uh, to, to various types of businesses. We've broken it down there. You see that the money that we've given uh, to people who are, pay, uh, are running butcheries, people who are running open-air foods, uh, textile clothing uh, sector, retail, personal care, uh, spaza shops, uh, also uh, people who are involved uh, in the automotive sector because we know that it's one of the uh, very vibrant and, uh, uh, businesses in the township and rural area. So we want to make sure that these businesses, at least they have the proper equipment uh, to assist them uh, to run uh, uh, formal businesses. 
Chair, this is just a breakdown in terms of the, the, the provinces. Uh, I'm not going to also uh, go through each and every figure there, but we're just showing that uh, we are trying to make sure that we spread uh, the money that we have uh, to all uh, different provinces, especially with those that have a high percentage of rural areas. Uh, we make sure that we do reach uh, you know, various districts, but also support, especially women-owned uh, enterprises, youth-owned enterprises. I must confess, Chair, that especially when it comes to people with disabilities, we still have a challenge in terms of the numbers there, but we are taking, you know, uh, initiative to make sure that we are able to reach out to the sector so that we do support them. And then we have one critical instrument, Chair, that we came up with uh, during the COVID uh, 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 pandemic, but it's, a, it, it's proving to be a very important instrument uh, going forward because here what we are doing, we are facilitating uh, the manufacturing support program, especially in township, prioritizing township and rural areas, so that we are able as a country uh, to get as many businesses uh, that are based uh, in rural areas, especially local businesses, uh, to, to, to produce goods locally. We saw that during the pandemic, most countries closed their borders and they prioritized their local uh, economies, uh, so we're unable to get certain goods. Now we're trying to build this manufacturing capacity as a country. So this is a very critical program. Also, it is offered through a blended finance. I must uh, indicate that it's one of those popular schemes. Um, it's always oversubscribed because there's quite a big uh, demand uh, from the private sector, from our small businesses uh, to access this. Uh, we do provide also business development support. So we, know, we don't just give you equipment or machinery if you need it, but we also do assist you to comply because uh, when you are a, a business that is producing goods, the retailers will not take goods that do not meet certain standards. They do not meet a certain um, a health uh, a standard. So we make sure that we assist you with business development support so that when you package your goods, the goods are acceptable um, in terms of quality, but also of safety. We do assist in terms of market access opportunities where we engage with the private sector and make sure that they do take up products that are produced by small businesses. We also prioritize uh, these uh, subsectors chair, which is include furniture manufacturing, chemical agro-processing. And this is just um, an indication in terms of the the, the 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 approvals as well as the disbursements uh, so far. Uh, we have uh, approved up to 656 uh, million. Uh, there, there's a breakdown in terms of the loan portion as well as the grant portion, uh, supporting 3,110, uh, supporting, sorry, supporting 78 SMMEs uh, in the process, facilitating 3,156 jobs. This is a further breakdown in terms of uh, the, the, the provinces uh, where we've uh, dispersed this money uh, to various uh, uh, provinces, uh, all nine provinces with approved uh, uh, funding. Sorry, it's eight provinces except the Northern Cape uh, with approved uh, funding for. We do have some challenges, Chair, uh, that we think we need to also share with you. Um, we had last year, the minister launched uh, the Youth Challenge Fund um, where we were trying to make sure that we have an instrument that is targeting businesses that are owned by young people we still have issues uh, where people submit incomplete or inadequate business plans. In some instances, they don't even have financial statements. Uh, they don't have cash flow projections. And just to indicate that cash flow projections are quite critical because they 
also show us whether you have the ability to pay back uh, the money that we are giving you. Your business will be successful and the investment that is being made by the state, uh, we do uh, achieve uh, results. Uh, some, they do not even provide quotations because how do we assist you with the purchasing of equipment if we don't even have quotations uh, for that? Uh, SARS compliance, it's important uh, because uh, it becomes a challenge come the time of auditing when you are not compliant and uh, AG will ask, how did you fund this business if it's not even uh, compliance uh, with SARS? Uh, in some instances, those businesses that, uh, for example, have lost, if you have lost uh, your, your, your goods, maybe through flooding or the, maybe the business bent down, if you don't have any uh, affidavit, you don't have any policy, state, policy statement, uh, we cannot uh, uh, process that uh, application. So, we, we do have these challenges, Chair, that we are, but we are also what we are doing here. We are not uh, just dismissing these people, but we do uh, refer them to CEDA because CEDA, they have regional offices where people can go to and get support uh, to be able to comply. We also do not uh, uh, fund those businesses uh, where you, it's clear that you will not be able to pay back the money because this is the taxpayers' money. We need to make sure that this money goes far and support other businesses uh, that need funding. We still, um, if, uh, the maximum amount that we can uh, provide is 15 million. So if a business is beyond that, we do refer you to other entities, including NEF, as well as the IDC. Um, we also do not fund those people who are not uh, uh, rehabilitated insolvents. At least you must have entered into an agreement uh, to pay back uh, the money that you, you owe uh, to other uh, 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 creditors. Uh, we also do not find uh, speculative property developments. Sometimes uh, applications that go through CEDA, uh, there's always the expectations that definitely if uh, CEDA has assisted you with the business, then CIFA must fund that. But it, it must be clarified that CIFA also has to use its own criteria and make sure that uh, these businesses are viable. So, um, it's not always guaranteed uh, that uh, uh, business plans that are produced through CEDA uh, will be funded uh, through CIFA. Uh, 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 we we do have uh, these challenges um, when people submit applications that are not viable. Um, we, if there, there is no market viability, the business concept is not viable because sometimes there's this expectations, Chair, that uh, if you submit a business plan uh, to government to a government entity they have to fund you but uh, as a government entity we're also aligned to the national credit act uh, which we have to abide by so we need to make sure that we don't do reckless lending so those are the things that we have to look out for in the business plan or the applications that are submitted uh, by uh, the, the the by the uh, by the applicants so we make sure that we have businesses that are properly uh, packaged the entity uh, have been pushed uh, to the limits in the past few years because uh, in instances where we have challenges, where we had challenges in KZN, for example, we always expect the entities to respond. So even though they have their daily work where they uh, entertain applications uh, from various uh, applicants, but we always ask them you know, to go out of their way to come up with new instruments that are going to respond. For example, COVID-19, uh, CIFA, uh, they stepped up and, and, and uh, came up with the SME relief program. 
uh, which even though it took a little bit of time for money to be disbursed, but it was successful. Business recovery program after the July 2021 violent uh, riots, um, these uh, entities were able to come uh, with instruments that are responsive uh, to those uh, uh, challenges. But uh, in that process, Chair, uh, we were not able to get additional capacity to assist these entities to implement uh, this. And so it's the same people uh, who are responsible for day-to-day work at these entities who are also able to respond and support you know, businesses uh, because of these emergencies. Um, we, we must indicate, Chair, uh, that even though CIFA, uh, in terms of capacity, uh, we have not seen any growth um, in terms of human resources, but they've just uh, done quite a lot of work. Um, they were processing money that running into millions, but now they are processing applications that run into billions. So it is a challenge that we do have uh, that we want to assist uh, as many businesses as possible. But in terms of resources, uh, we still don't have, you know, additional resources to assist um, uh, the the entities. So CIFA has also come up with some uh, solutions to some of the challenges. Uh, We make sure that uh, we work, CIDA and CIFA, they work closely together, especially in preparing applications uh, for for adjudication by CIFA. So the pre-investment is very critical. Uh, so that uh, these businesses are ready for funding, but also the collaboration with various uh, sectors, uh, including incubators, LED officers in the municipalities, even the private sector, because they do work closely with the private sector, given that they do have additional capacity that can assist us to deliver uh, on our on our mandate. We do have um, these sessions where we make sure that we reach out to the customers so that people know upfront in terms of the uh, criteria, what needs to be done, um, if you want to package an application for CEDA, uh, we're also ensuring that we increase due diligence capacity uh, at the back office and also increase investment in automation because it doesn't help us uh, if entities still have to, the applicants in particular, still have to package application, take these applications physically to the offices, you know, of uh, of CIFA or CEDA. We do try to make sure that uh, the automation automation processes are implemented to make the process quicker. CIFA has implemented this loan origination system, uh, which is um, uh, designed just for, business, for for applications that are below one million. Um, we we implemented this uh, intervention, and I think uh, we, as we are piloting it, we'll see you know whether we'll be able to scale it because it assists a lot because it also gives power to the people who are applicants. They are able to see uh, their application where it's at. They also get a notification in terms if there's a document that is missing, an ID document that has not been uploaded, they will get that notification so that they are able to upload. So it also gives power to the applicant uh, to monitor the, the, the progress in terms of the application. Chair, with your permission, if I can request the CEO of CEDA, uh, he's here on the platform, to just take us through quickly the uh, on the CEDA work that uh, they, they are doing. Uh, thank you, Chair. Perfect. Did you? Um, good morning, Chair um, and the members. I hope I'm audible. I've got no feeling, so, but I'm hoping I'm good. 
Um, at at uh, this is Chris Konambata. I am the acting CEO um, of CEDA. Uh, I will just take you through um, our provincial uh, network. Um, CEDA has um, 54 uh, branches across the country um, that are responsible for delivering services to the SMEs. We also um, have um, our branches, they vary. We've got about nine also provincial offices over and above the, the branches. Um, this is just, um, this depicts the structure of how um, our branches look like. They range from um, a large branch to um, a small branch, plus satellite offices that we sometimes run with different municipalities uh, um, uh, uh, and other partners. Um, in a bigger branch, just a summary, you'll find that um, we'll have um, 12 staff members with seven of those being the key uh, employees in terms of providing the business advisory uh, work. And with the smallest branch, we have about um, eight staff members and satellite branch would have about four staff members. Did you? Right. Um, we also, uh, over and above um, the 54 um, branch, the branches that we have and, and, and the collocations that we also have, we are uh, implementing a new strategy where we want to um, have 180 additional touch points over the next two years. Um, and uh, of those we're looking at um, rolling out in the current financial year. This is a strategy to make sure that um, CEDA or SMMEs um, in the rural outskirts of the country, as well as townships, are able to um, reach out and are able to uh, find uh, CEDA offices and like to spend a lot of money to try to get into the nearest towns for them um, to be able to access uh, our services at CEDA. But we are also planning that together, um, these will utilize together uh, with our sister entity, CFA, uh, so that um, uh, both um, the services are available um, to um, the SMMEs. So we'll be establishing these. These would not be offices, um, as in brick and mortar. Um, this is where we'll be using local accountants in those um, rural towns and township um, to train them so that they're able to offer our services, the basic services like CIPC registrations, you know, your business plans, and so forth so that um, SMEs don't have to travel um, uh, large distances. We used the National Space Agency to map uh, our offices, and we realized that some of our offices were as far as 150 uh, kilometers away uh, from the densely populated uh, areas. And we said we need to bring that closer to within a 50-kilometer radius. So we used that scientific uh, knowledge to come up with this. Um, so we believe that it will help the portfolio to be reachable as well, because where they see that anything the department is there and CIFA is there. Um, these are this slide depicts the services um, that we offer. Um, so CIDA offers a lot of business development support. That's what we call it, um, because we are developing SMEs to be able to um, become better entrepreneurs. We do that through um, uh, helping them to access markets. So. Um, we, we do local exhibitions the way we, we, we pay for them to do that and we're able to, they're able to sell their products 
uh, where we do things like your pop-up markets uh, in the different malls, and then we invite this, our SMEs in our portfolio to come and exhibit and sell um, their product. We also link them to supplier development in, with various private sectors. Um, we also embark on what we call international trade missions. Um, this is where we take local um, foreign countries. Um, we, last year, we did most um, Africa um, due to the limitations of uh, COVID, where we went to Nigeria, Kenya, um, and other different countries. They take their locally produced products as part of us showcasing our localization and our exports to focus their products there. Um, and see if we're able to then get a contract. So we get invited to different um, events that have SMEs where they're able then to showcase their product and some sell, some actually, whatever stock they take, um, um, they sell it there and start negotiating for export uh, opportunities. So that's a great um, initiative. Then also we then offer uh, export compliance support. This is where we make sure that their products then um, and they're ready but also that they comply with the rules and regulations of the different uh, markets across um, the world. We also run a program called uh, She Trades um, uh, under this banner where we are targeting uh, women-owned businesses to um, be able to export their products. So we're looking at that. We are busy with listed, uh, the women-owned SMEs, but also we are busy then um, assessing those businesses to see what compliance, what quality standards um, um, do they need on their products for their products to uh, to meet the eligibility criteria? We then have um, access to um, the program that we call Access to Finance, uh, where we do um, business pitching, where um, SMEs are invited to do pitch pitch for funding. Um, so then we're able to refer them to um, other financial institutions, but also we help them to perfect their craft and train them on how to do pitching for their business plans and, and what needs to be there so that they're able to um, access funding. We help them with applications for funding to various um, um, DFIs, including uh, our sister company, SIFA. Uh, uh, we also help them with feasibility study for, 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 for the work that they need uh, to, um, to be doing in terms of their businesses. Uh, we also offer business management training um, they vary. Um, they start from business startup training to quality training, quality improvement uh, training, productivity improvement training, and so forth. We also um, offer uh, other business development interventions, which uh, includes your business mentorship and coaching. Some are longer, 10 months, 12 months programs. Some are six months, some are three months, depending on the client level of maturity. And then we also offer what we call technology support program. This is the grant that we have for smaller businesses um, so that they're able to get um, equipment to start um, their businesses or to improve productivity or to help them with compliance. And that program is up to 1.2 million rand per client and we are able to buy them equipment on the ground their concept. Then we then have uh, what we call incubation, which is um, today running one of the biggest uh, uh, incubation in the continent. Um, we had uh, at the end of the year, we had 110 incubators at CEDA was supporting and responsible for. That means we provide them with operating costs and then they're able to um, uh, take in SMMEs, 
take them through um, CEDA programs, including mentorship and coaching, but also those in the technology uh, space, they're able to do their designs there, they're able to prove their concepts there and so forth. And those programs are three years, but SMEs that are ready didn't graduate earlier, but they're in those programs for, for three years. This helps us make sure that we have sustainable businesses um, within this country, because after this training, um, then SMEs are able to run their businesses perfectly. They learn all the do's and don'ts uh, within uh, that program. We are expanding that program to look into other uh, areas uh, within uh, the country. But currently, we've got 110 uh, Then we support um, other sectors. Um, this is not an exhaustive list, but these are the main sectors that are within the, the portfolio, but to support um, all businesses. Um, that are available within the country. Um, this is um, just the, the impact uh, of our support over the years. We thought we should um, just um, show um, Chair um, what we've done from the jobs. Uh, uh, I won't read um, weight by weight, but that's um, the number of jobs that we've been able to create uh, through our programs over the years with uh, the last column just showing quarter one um work that is done in quarter one but the other columns showing what we've done over the years and the number of jobs that we've been able to help through our different programs uh, coaching mentorship um quality standards quality improvements you know productivity improvement export that we've been able to sustain uh, over the years and the estimates that we've helped turn over increased teaching This um, chair talks to the work that we are doing um, on the flood relief uh, in KZN. Um, so we have been able to do some work. We didn't have much of a budget. We had a small budget of 50 million um, to assist the community that impacted uh, by the floods. Um, at the time of writing this report, we were sitting at 44 million approvals. Uh, but I can, uh, uh, can say that as of uh, two days ago, we had finished the whole 50 million, so they were not um, doing approvals anymore. Uh, we are focusing now on making sure that uh, we are paying. Um, so we are, we are creating purchase orders uh, at this point in time, so then we are able to buy the SMMEs uh, equipment. This was one of the main um, SMMEs that were impacted by the floods. We are then so we are starting to participate for that, but we are thinking that by October we would have finished the uh, making payments across um, the two cities. Um, at the time of the report, we had been able to, um, through these approvals, we're going to save 1,206 jobs uh, if we pay and the equipment is delivered to these clients, but the number has increased since um, the, the last approval teaching. Um, this is more of the number of enterprises in terms of performance success that we've been able to um, uh, reach out over the years as, as, as an organization. As I've seen in the previous slide, this reflects on um, uh, quarter one performance and then is the past uh, three years' work that we've been able to do. Where we do entrepreneurship um, uh, uh, awareness, this is where we take SMEs through what opportunities are available, how to deal with their SARS, how to do their business plans, how to run their businesses, how to give financials. It's a lot of work uh, that we do around that. So we do webinars given COVID before we used to do physical uh, work. Um, 
but uh, since uh, COVID, then we've been able to um, move on to uh, virtual platforms and we're able to do these webinars and, and take SMEs through. Um, seems to be a, a, a good program because SMEs do want to have information and also to know where to apply, how, and so forth. So we run those. Um, and um, these ones are other normal SMEs that we've supported through the pilot, excluding the trap. On the Township for Enterprises, um, uh, last year we were able to reach up to 1,457 Township and rural uh, businesses in, in the first quarter. We had a lot of, um, we had, I won't go to all the details, Chair, um, in terms of the challenges, but um, when we started um, the, 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 the Township and Rural Enterprise Program, we realized that um, most of the informal businesses were not ready for formalization. And actually, some don't even want uh, to be formalized businesses. But unfortunately, um, for the SMEs to access the services within the portfolio, both CIDA and CIFA, um, those SMEs then uh, need to be formalized, but we are able to account uh, for the tax uh, payers money. But also, they were not even aware of the additional cost that comes with that. But as CIDA, uh, we then um, uh, change our programs to make sure that we support these businesses through um, paying for their CITC uh, registrations. We're not doing that before, but after this, then we improved and changed our processes to make sure that at least uh, we pay uh, for, for such uh, things. We also have issues like municipal bylaws, which are quite a big problem, but the department is working on that through the red tape uh, reduction, um, where you find that actually it's difficult for us to um, uh, verify even look at the permits that are issued so that we're able to assist um, uh, the small or the informal businesses because they vary across the provinces, but also um, there's delays in issuing permits. And also in some provinces, it costs more um, than other uh, provinces. And sometimes um, you realize that an, an informal trader who makes um, 3,000 rand a month in, in some of the provinces, they're expected to pay 2,500, uh, for example, for a permit. But in either way, I mean, if you look at the informal trading space, the amount that they make per week and per month is very small. And um, them then being charged for payments of 500 rand is a lot of money uh, for them. But the DSP, the department is working um, hard on making sure that those issues are addressed. Um, we, we also had an issue, I think the DG alluded to this, um, where uh, before, we didn't have a we didn't have a for we started the program for application, but SIFA um, uh, has since developed uh, an application that we are now all using together to fit through uh, these applications. Um, that led to some risk for the entities, but now all that is under control. Um, also, um, we 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 also had some issues as far as the shops and access to our programs because uh, we're using um, net bank and standard bank branches to do that. And in some areas, that was not there. We're currently looking at other partners to be able to implement and run this program. Did you? Um, the issue of capacity comes up again at CIDA uh, um, because um, we still, um, because of the pending merger between the two entities, we're still running with the same capacity. Um, that we had before we introduced the number of programs um, that we introduced during COVID and after COVID to help these businesses 
So everything has moved to be abnormal, um, but we're still uh, running with the normal um, headcount. Um, uh, yet we've increased the number of um, of um, the interventions that uh, we are providing to clients. Um, obviously, this leads to a little bit of complaints from the clients or delays in terms of service. Um, but those are the methods that um, we're looking at. We've employed, um, we're employing terms um, to increase our branch uh, capacities to augment uh, the issue of the capacity um, and, 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 and also employing graduates, you know, to be able to help us um, uh, execute the mandate because the mandate is even much more bigger. Uh, in terms of saving SMEs post uh, uh, COVID, um, uh, did you? I'll just that's what I'll highlight on this slide. Um, I, I've talked about the issue of um, accessibility uh, uh, in, uh, before. Uh, I've also touched on the issue of the pending merger, which obviously limits in terms of um, uh, us in terms of employing in terms of up to twenty four months until the merger. Is, uh, is is done and that causes problems, uh, Chair, because we find that uh, when people are employed on 24 months and they get permanent contracts, then they leave. Um, but we are managing that uh, situation very closely. Um, see, there was also the challenge of um, executive positions that were not filled um, over two years now, um, where most of the senior managers they were asked to act, but uh, the minister approved that we must fill in these vacancies uh, on a contract basis so that we are able to operate um, as an organization. Um, I think um, this one is just what um, we've been able to make sure that um, SMMEs remain sustainable. Uh, I spoke about access to international markets. This is just on a court, uh, for quarter one, access to international markets, um, the technical assistance program that uh, I spoke about, quite improvement uh, that we've done for SMMEs. And, and, and training and mentorship where you see that we reached out to 4.102 SMEs within the quarter, uh, quarter one of the financial year and the other numbers depict what we've been able to achieve within the quarter. Um, that would be all, um, Chair. Thank you very much. Thanks, teaching. DG, are we done? Yes, Chair, that was the the end of the presentation. Uh, we submit. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much, DG. Uh, uh, may, may I request uh, PBO uh, Director, uh, Dr. Chances, to come in? Um, thank you so much, Chair. Can you hear me, Chair? Very well, thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Good morning, Chairperson. Uh, good morning, honor members, good morning, ministers, and colleagues on the platform. Thank you so much uh, for the opportunity for the Parliamentary Budget Office to provide input in this regard. Um, I am with the people team on the platform. Uh, Dr. Nelly Olangi, uh, Mr. Tsepongoloi, will take the committee through the office presentation this morning. Uh, I think we aim to provide a, a, the committee the status of the work we are doing with the Economic recovery construction plan, which even links with the MTSF and measure development plan, particularly uh, the priority tools for economic transformation and the job creations. And also look at the debt uh, guarantee matter that we've seen since the past two, three years. Before I give Melia and Tepo, Chairperson members, 
persona que dice que no quiere pues, open the mats and then I'll give them to take us. I think I want to start by really emphasizing that it's important to know that government provides for right to support business as you see in the college and the department that does highlight of that, with particular focus on the, on the sector, small, micro, and medium enterprises as well. Given the evidence that the small, micro, medium enterprises in developing countries create more employment than their large counterparts, it's important to emphasize that they require both supply and demand side support in this I'll just give my comments around two areas. Firstly, is around tax policy. Uh, government use tax policy, tax, tax, various tax policy measures to support businesses, and, and, and there are specific tax regimes that are meant for small, micro, and medium enterprises that really focus on the sector. And this, in our research, has been working in many instances. However, in our recent uh, uh, analysis and research from tax policy in regard, we've highlighted or raised some few comment, uh, concerns around tax policy design meant to support the, the sector. One uh, point around it being the fact that the, despite uh, these tax incentives, uh, tax concessions to the sector, the sector remains or continue to incur higher tax liability compared to, to, to the uh, Large counterparts, when you look at the actual tax, the actual underpaying, which is effective tax rate as a measure to measure that. And, and, and due to in part compliance costs and lack of capacity to really some of these uh, players in the sector to enjoy uh, these benefits. The second point is around that in our June tax brief earlier, we raised concerns that despite the continued implementation of the implement tax incentive scheme over the years, the real impact on benefits remains of debatable or doubtful, doubtful. And, and our analysis really, within the sector in particular, analysis really shows that, that generally the implement tax incentives had, has had little to no effect on creating jobs uh, for youth within the sector itself. But, but at least one thing that we noted is that the evidence does show that the implement tax incentive uh, scheme positively impacted business profitability in the sector. Uh, coming back to government procurement, uh, I think the, the point here is around the demand side, and, and we want to emphasize that government procurement plays an important role uh, in supporting sector. Therefore, this space has to be protected and ensure that government procurement policy continue to bear fruit in this regard. We therefore recommend that the government continue to update committee, the committee on the developments around the Republic procurement reforms, as this will have direct impact on the development and support of the sector and broadly the aspiration of our economy. Earlier in this year, Chair and members raised concerns that the, 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 the February 16, 2022 in relation to 2017 PFA should not be used for at least uh, a leach perception that it be used to deter government from fulfilling the constitutional requirement of ensuring that there remains a national procurement in support of uh, uh, the sector in particular. In the view of the government drafted, 2022 drafted uh, framework subsequent to the ruling, we raised various concerns which we also want to uh, put out to the committee when thinking about support to the sector and uh, small micro medium enterprises. A few of them, just two or three of them, it's about uh, issues around the fragmented procurement framework will delay uh, realization of national economic policies like the industrial policy and other. Uh, development policy affecting the sector. Due to lack of capacity 
and capabilities. Many organs of states always rely upon the future procurement systems to scout the most findings. This principle has to be protected through the formed framework in this regard. Requesting each organ of state to have all approach to financial procurement is a divergence to fall from international norms, and this will disadvantage a small number of minimum devices. Therefore, this is to address as well the omission of local content and content, local content and con- local procurement and content in the uh, drafted uh, uh, framework may have high implications for industrialization and economy and is likely to impact more. Uh, on the on the small micro enterprises were in compared to the large budget. But the last point is around the omitting local content may need to against states procuring imported goods instead of the risk of produced goods. And this again will really impact heavily on the small micro enterprises. Chair, members there are a few comments I'll just give to Melia and Secretary Basil. Thank you so much. Uh, colleagues, take it thank you so much. Thank you. Um, we can start on slide four, Tepu. Good morning, Honourable Chairperson and members and guests. Um, I will take you through the first part of the presentation and then I will hand over to my colleague, Tepu. So we were asked to respond to the impact of government support interventions to businesses to mitigate the effect of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, the first response of government was in terms of the economic Reconstruction and, reconstruction and recovery plan, of which the objectives are to create jobs, um, to reindustrialize our economy, focusing on growing small businesses, which is also the focus of today's um, presentation, to accelerate economic reforms, to unlock, unlock investment and growth, to fight crime and corruption, and to improve the capacity of the state. Next slide. So the reason for focusing on growing small businesses are that of the more than 2.6 million SMMEs, 66.9% are classified as informal, 28.9% are classified as as formal, 74.8% of um, formal SMMEs um, are black-owned or were, uh, were black owned in 2020. Employment in all SMMEs expanded from 9.6 million jobs in 2016 to 11.8 million in 2019, which is an increase of 22% in just over three years. Industries in South Africa and South African formal business sector generated 10.5 trillion in total um, turnover in the 2019 financial year. A breakdown of this turnover by business size shows that small businesses generated 2.3 trillion or 22% of the 10.5 trillion and medium-sized businesses contributed 10%. Next slide. So interventions committed to in the Economic Reconstruction and Recovery Plan are the review and integration of government support for formal and informal SMMEs, Startups and cooperatives, including removing red tape and reducing timeframes for relevant licenses and permits to improve the ease of doing business, designing more appropriate financing products and support to SMMEs to participate in localization opportunities. All of these interventions are linked to the vision of our country set in the NDP. 
It is therefore expected that the institutions responsible for these interventions demonstrate that their actions, expenditure and outputs are aligned to these interventions and are monitored and can also be monitored by oversight um, bodies such as Parliament. Next slide. Um, the Department of Small Business. Um, so in response to the economic reconstruction plan, um, revisions were made to the budget of the Department of Small Business to ensure that, that SMMEs contribute to inclusive economic growth and job creation. So the department increased the total budget by 22.9% um, in the period um, from 2018 to 2021. Transfers um, increased by 25% over the same period. And the department further transfer funds to the Small Enterprise Development Agency, as well as to Small Enterprise Finance Agency, um, which we just had the presentation on um, in, in a lot of detail. Next slide. So in terms of the revisions of the support to SMMEs, the department reviewed the outputs and reduced it from 52 in 2020 to 15 in 2021. This is now the outputs and indicators that are reflected in the APP. A key set of outputs are in the table below. So due to the review process, no historic information is available, but we've just seen that information is actually available. It's just not um, presented in the in the um, budget documentation. In addition to the outputs in the table, three districts were assisted through the red tape reduction action plan in 2021, and an assessment review of SMMEs regulatory impediments to reform was also done in 2021. This links to the interventions to remove red tape. Indicators are, however, not developed to measure the reduction of timeframes for relevant licenses and permits to improve the ease of doing business. That is actually what is required that we want to know and do oversight over in terms of the economic reconstruction plan. It is also not sure if the indicator to measure the number of products produced and services rendered by SMMEs and cooperatives linked to markets um, if this is the indicator that we must use to measure localization um, and support to labor-intensive industries. If not, it's not possible to measure this important intervention by the department. So the, if this is the information that we receive on a quarterly basis or on an annual basis in, during the standard processes, um, uh, Parliament won't be able to uh, monitor specifically in terms of um, the performance on localization and the interventions that is required by the ERRP. Several reports are developed for the executive on, um, on supported SMMEs and cooperatives, which are not, not published. These reports might also include the inputs of the public entities. So we've just seen that the department um, provided a lot of detailed information, which, is, which we don't have access to. It might be in the reports that they produced to the executive, but it's not published. So oversight bodies and the public don't have access to, to basically uh, monitor the performance. Next slide. So in terms of the responsibility of the Department of Small Business Development towards the medium-term strategic framework, 
is to reduce the concentration in monopolies and to expand the small business sector to contribute 50% to GDP. Uh, We've lately done um, analysis or progress reports on all the priorities. And in terms of the progress that we can find um, through the APP reporting, um, what we can find in terms of um, the number of competitive small businesses, uh, we could find an indicator that shows that township and rural enterprises were supported by 694 million rand. It is not um, sure um, if this support is just financial support or whether it also includes non-financial support. Um, In terms of the 50% of national and provincial financing dedicated to SMMEs and cooperatives, um, we could find an output that reflects or a performance report that indicated a report on access to affordable financing for SMMEs um, and appropriate annual targets were um, was submitted, um, but this we don't have access to this report, so we don't know the numbers whether fifty percent had access to finance. The incubation um, support program were evaluated and conducted and approved by Exco. Again, um, it's a report that went to Exco and it's not available. Or the outcomes that are presented in this report are not available to oversight bodies. Um, in terms of the localization, um, we indicated that um, there's not a specific indicator that we can use um, to monitor um, uh, the localization um, interventions, and it's also not in the APP of the department. Um, further progress on the MTEF indicates that 5,000 startups for um, for youth businesses were supported financially and non-financially. Next slide. So, members, the main transfers by the Department of Small Business Development are to the Small Enterprise Development Agency. In 2021, they received 838.5 million. They also transferred um, to the Small Enterprise Finance Agency, 1.4 billion in 2021. The table shows the breakdown of the allocations. You can see the biggest amount in um, 2021 was 666 million that were appropriated for small enterprise development. And um, that budget um, continues over the medium term. In terms of the transfer to um, small enterprise finance agency, in 2020, an amount of 1.15 were appropriated for um, the COVID-19 emergency relief fund. And um, that uh, money has now been allocated for township and rural entrepreneurship um, to the Rural Entrepreneurship Fund um, from 2021 onwards. Next slide. Um, So, members, um, the key outputs to measure performance um, of the Small Enterprise Development Agency These are the numbers that were submitted in the budget documentation. So you will see um, there's no historic information, although the department um, or the entity just presented um, that uh, the historic information to us. Um, But if we can just look at two of these indicators, the number of SMMEs and cooperatives listed to supply wholesalers and retailers, um, we... um, 
uh, the perception is that and that indicator um, is used to measure the link to localization. And then the next one, the number of SMMEs and cooperatives exposed to international markets, um, that one is also a duplication um, in the entity, uh, which the department also indicated that they also report on that, but that was also a different number reported by the department, which might include other um, other outputs as well from the department. Next slide. Performance of small enterprise financing agency. They also receive funding from the Department of Small Business as well as from the Department of Trade and Industry and Competition. Um, the impact of the COVID-19 emergency relief fund of 1.2 billion in 2020 is not really visible in the table below. Um, this table um, uh, is published in the budget documentation. So if you can see, um, you don't really see even the amount reflected in 2020. You see a, an additional amount or increased amount um, uh, reflected in 2021. Um, uh, where, where the funding was actually now moved for towns, township and rural entrepreneurship. Um, the impact can be seen in 2021, 20, 22, but not over the medium term. So members um, in the first row, you will see the value of the financing 2.1, um, the value of financing dispersed to SMMEs and cooperatives, uh, 2.7 billion in 2021-22. And you can also see the, the number of SMMEs um, and cooperatives finance increased quite a lot from 2020. Um, it's um, 191,000 um, SMMEs and cooperatives that were financed. And the number of jobs created were reflected um, 207, which is um, almost more than double than the 99,000 that was um, reported in 2020. But then over the medium term, those numbers does not reflect or it actually decreased to the numbers before 2020-21. Um, so I'm not sure if the department must still update the numbers, but the financing is there, but it's not um, on the table. Sorry, we are now on slide 12. I've just presented slide 12. Now we can move to slide 13. Thank you, honourable members. Um, that was my um, part of the presentation. I will hand over to um, Tepo. Uh, thank you very much, Nilia. Chapas uh, and honourable members, uh, am I audible? Yes, you are audible. Quite so. Uh, thank you very much. So, uh, mem honourable members, I'll be taking you through these slides on the the credit loan guarantee scheme, as well as the business bounce back scheme that was launched by government uh, in 2020 and subsequently in 2022. Uh, in terms of the COVID-19 loan guarantee scheme, uh, just to give a bit of context, uh, you'd recall that the South African economy declined by around about 6.4% in 2020 as a result of co the COVID-19 pandemic. And this was certainly the worst recession that the country has ever seen. Now, uh, it was small and medium enterprises that constitute run about 90% of formal businesses and contribute about 
34% of GDP that were the hardest hit. And this happens at the same time where we also saw consumer spending and business uh, revenues falling quite sharply and the livelihoods of around about 60% of businesses were threatened. In response to this tragedy, a government that took a decision to launch what was then known as the COVID-19 loan guarantee scheme of run about 200 billion. And this also formed part of government's broader 500 billion economic relief package. So the loan guarantee scheme was administered uh, in partnership with commercial banks. So it was National Treasury, the Reserve Bank, in partnership with commercial banks in order to provide emergency and distress relief loans to struggling businesses. However, uh, in the implementation of the loan scheme, uh, the scheme proved to be a failure with a minimum take-up and only a small proportion of the uh, total loans dispersed. The figure was run about 13.4 billion of the available funds that were dispersed. Now, given the slow uptake and the flaws in the scheme's design, a decision was then taken to uh, revise the terms of the loan. And on the 26th of July, uh, the National Treasury, in partnership with the bank, as well as the Banking Association of South Africa, announced various changes to the scheme in order to make the funds more available to the public. Now, despite this, these improvements uh, to the scheme, there was still no significant uptake in the loans, with only run about 18.2 billion of the 200 billion being dispersed. Now, based on the lessons that were derived from the failure of the 2020 loan guarantee scheme, a decision was then taken to then relaunch the scheme to revise the terms. And on the 25th of April, National Treasury announced what is now known as the business bounce back support scheme. I think the difference, the main difference between this scheme and the COVID-19 scheme is that with the, with this particular scheme, it also now goes further to support businesses beyond COVID-19. It also seeks to support businesses that were hard hit by the July civil unrest as well as the floods in KwaZulu-Natal. Now, some of the reasons why the initial scheme failed uh, is the mere fact that uh, we saw that many uh, distressed businesses were simply reluctant to assume more debt, uh, given which is understandable, given the uncertainty around their incomes, uh, especially during a time of COVID-19. Uh, we specifically think that uh, we could attribute it also to the lack of the transformation of the financial sector, or more broadly, the failure of the sector to understand the SMME landscape in South Africa. So, for instance, uh, Banks still insistent on personal surety from business owners before granting them the loans. And this was despite the mere fact that the loans themselves were government guaranteed. Another factor is the mere fact that the banks did not have, or our assessment is that the banks did not have an incentive to disperse the loans, given that they could not profit, profit significantly from these loans. So they could only make a small margin on the loans and these small margins were used to provide funding for losses. Uh, we also are uh, of the view that the scheme was poorly advertised, specifically not reaching businesses that are operating in the township, uh, rural and informal sectors of the South African economy. There were also issues around the scheme's uh, design in terms of flaws there, specifically as it relates to its inability to address uh, the requirements as it relates to the easing of the credit worthiness assessments. But other people also flagged the issue around the slow and the low processing of loan applications. 
I think another factor worth mentioning is the timing of the scheme. So you'd recall that government and the banks negotiated the terms of the scheme and launched it uh, during the time where the country was already six weeks into, into lockdown. I would assume that a number of businesses would have sought alternative means to accessing financing during this period. Then Briefly, in terms of the bounce back scheme, I did mention that it goes further uh, in terms of providing supports to businesses that were also affected by the July civil unrest and the floods in KwaZulu-Natal. Now, National Treasury says that uh, they also see this as a program that also seeks to contribute towards uh, the growth of the South African economy, but also help in terms of facilitating job creation. Uh, relative to the COVID-19 relief scheme, uh, loan guarantee scheme, which was 200 billion, this new scheme is only run about 15 billion and also has a, a smaller equity linked uh, mechanism of run about 5 billion that the national treasury is yet to provide further details on. And I think the MTPPS should provide more details on that. Uh, another distinct feature uh, is the mere fact that with the initial uh, COVID-19 loan guarantee scheme, uh, it was simply just the National Treasury, the Reserve Bank working with the banks. Now, following the, the amendment to the terms of of the scheme, a decision was taken to say that perhaps there's there's a role to be played by development finances development finance institutions, as well as uh, non-bank small and medium enterprise finance providers. And I think it's also worth mentioning that with the previous scheme, uh, it seemed as if the banking sector was taking much of the losses in terms of the scheme. Uh, With the new scheme, uh, government and the lenders are sharing the risk in terms of the non-payment of these loans, with government taking the first 20.5% of the losses. So we also did a bit of research to see what are some of the international experiences of similar schemes abroad. And what we found is that about 51 countries have implemented some sort of bank loan scheme to date. And generally, uh, these schemes have fallen short of the targets uh, worldwide and owing to the, some of the issues that are mentioned around the flaws in the scheme's design and the administrative problems. And as a result, South Africa is no exception in this regard. And what we also find is that uh, South Africa, uh, 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 sorry, uh, like South Africa, the rate of growth seems to uh, be tempered over time. Uh, and this is despite the mere fact that even these schemes themselves have also implemented changes to their own schemes. Our research also further shows that generally where we see the success of schemes, there seems to be directly related to the degree of risk transferred out of the banking system and onto national government's balance sheets. And where there's changes to the schemes being made, uh, generally the themes that we see is that a number of governments would have increased the extent of the government guarantee to run about 100%. Uh, they would be prescribing credit rating voting processes to limit the number of rejection rates. Uh, this is also something that came out quite uh, often in the South African case where a number of small businesses uh, did mention that um, uh, their applications were rejected without being given constant feedback about why they were rejected. A number of countries also uh, tried to lower interest rates, in some cases even offering some of these loans uh, at an interest-free rate. 
but more importantly is that we also seen that uh, development financial institutions also seem to play quite a significant role or critical role in terms of credit extension to businesses. Uh, the next set of slides, Chairperson, uh, just looks at uh, what we term key areas of oversight for consideration, uh, and specifically for the bounce back scheme, but one may argue perhaps also relate to the broader financial uh, SMME financing landscape in South Africa. So uh, in our assessment, uh, we, 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 we view that or we argue that the, under the new scheme, uh, the banks, the DFI institutions, the non-bank SMMEs themselves still have sole discretion of uh, which businesses can ex access finances. We believe that this has got significant implications. Uh, the first implication is that we do know that uh, financial institutions are inherently adverse towards SMMEs. And this is despite the mere fact that SMMEs still uh, contribute quite significantly towards global banking revenues, but yet they do not... Uh, uh, receive much credit extension uh, from the sector. The second implication would be the mere fact that we believe that it's got the potential to entrench what we deem as the misallocation of capital phenomenon in the South African economy. This essentially uh, uh, speaks to the mere fact that uh, it perpetuates this trend where we see the constant financing of large enterprises and sectors such as mining, uh, utilities, professional services at the expense of small and medium enterprise, uh, at the expense of small and medium enterprises, specifically in sectors such as manufacturing, which we believe that are quite key in terms of uh, creating the jobs that the economy so needs. Thirdly would be the financialization of the South African economy and more broadly, the global economy, which continues to allow financial institutions to remain profitable uh, without investing in the real economy. And by doing so, it's, it's a situation where we see financial institutions investing in the financial markets and the stock markets, uh, buying things such as derivatives and not uh, pumping money back into the economy in order to stimulate growth. Uh, our assessment is also the mere fact that our assessment is also that uh, the new scheme is also still implemented through a financial system architecture that's not suitable for the informal uh, township and rural nature of many of the SMMEs in the country. Mr. Now, Mulloy, yes, Mulloy, yes, Chair. Please, please, can you gravitate towards the end of uh, the the presentation um, so that we allow members to come in? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Chair. So, uh, yeah, as I was saying that, for example, the scheme also lacks a transformation mandate as provided for by the Financial Services Charter. And this would also be in line with the economic reconstruction and recovery plans objective of facilitating economic transformation and empowerment. Our assessment is also the mere fact that I think that we note that the inconsistent policy environment, uh, things such as load shading and as well as the weak macroeconomic economic environment will continue to hurt small businesses and also discourage them from incurring further debt. Uh, we worry about the timing of this type of assistance, uh, which we believe that uh, timing is also critical to its impact. Uh, we worry that the, the scheme may be a little bit too late, given that the number of businesses uh, that have already failed, particularly in the tourism and services sector. 
Now, uh, given the scheme's poor track record, uh, there seems to be low appetite amongst major banks to participate in the scheme. So, for instance, at the time of launching the new scheme, uh, we saw that only one major bank had fully opted to participate in the scheme. Chair, uh, as I move uh, quite swiftly, I think on this slide, the, the most important thing to highlight here is that we believe that the bounce back scheme, as with the credit loan guarantee scheme, is an attempt by the National Treasury to be seen as supporting small businesses and promoting job creation without having the expenditure on budget. And they've done so by simply creating a contingent liability uh, on a financing scheme that we believe has proved to have poor uptake given in the midst of the pandemic. Then finally, in terms of the areas for oversight, uh, we certainly are of the view that the bounce back scheme on its own will, will certainly not address the fundamental challenges, both financial and operational, uh, that affect SMMEs in the country. And perhaps there's scope for also legislative reforms that may assist in this regard. And some of these reforms that are proposed in recent literature of SMME development in South Africa include, for example, looking at uh, possibly amending the National Credit Regulations Act in order to lower the barriers that prevent SMMEs from operating personal bank accounts. Uh, this is important, especially for uh, uh, SMMEs operating in the informal economy. But also perhaps these, there's also scope to look at uh, amending perhaps the PFMA and the MFMA in order to allow provincial and municipal pooled financing vehicles in order to support their own sort of SMME uh, lending grant uh, sort of equity style programs, which we believe are quite needed. Uh, Chairperson, in conclusion, just to link the bounce back scheme back to the economic reconstruction and recovery plan, uh, the point to be made here is that uh, we note that the COVID-19 loan guarantee scheme had a target of 200 billion. Meanwhile, the bounce back scheme only comprises of a loan of, of, of five, 15 billion plus the 5 billion that Treasury is yet to announce. Now, I think the question we all grapple with is the question of what does this mean for South Africa's economic reco recoveries, especially given that the 200 billion that was initially earmarked for small businesses uh, is the largest uh, plank or rather constitutes the lion's share of government's initial 500 billion economic stimulus package. Certainly in our view, I think the implications is that we do believe that the economic recovery will continue to lag. South Africa's economic recovery in particular will lag its global counterparts who certainly have got scope to respond to shocks quite better. And we also believe that the economy will continue to be trapped in a low growth environment, further perpetuating higher unemployment, rising poverty, inequality, uh, stagnating incomes, as well as uh, leading to increased pressure in terms of government having to increase uh, our spending on public services and government borrowing. Thank you, Chair. Thank you so much, colleagues, Chairs and members. We'll stop here. The rest of the slides, two slides, talks about the trade investment. Thank you so much, Chair. Uh, uh, thank you, uh, uh, Dr. Chanchis uh, and uh, Mr. Moloi and uh, Dr. Onelia from the, the PBO. You, you can take off your slide then. Thank, thank you. Uh, thank, thank, thank you very much uh, um, uh, from uh, 
the, the team from Small Business Development and from PBO. Oral members, you know how we do it. Uh, I will take indications of oral members who would like to have input. Oral members, you know how we Chair, do it. Honorable Sarupin. Honorable Sarupin. Good morning, Honorable Sarupin. How are you? I'm good in yourself, um, Chair. Perfect. Thank you. Next, honorable uh, member. Honorable members. Paiso, Chair. Honorable Paiso. Thank you. Honorable members. Anybody else? Um, members are just struggling with their connectivity. Um, they are saying they are coming in and out. They are kicked out of the of, of the forum. Um, <clears throat> um, so we'll, we'll recognize them as 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 as, as they come in. Uh, let me allow Raul Sarupen to uh, to make his contribution. Raul Sarupen. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Chair, I'd like to thank the department for the presentation. I think it was quite useful in many aspects. And I note the various programs that they're being run, including small enterprise manufacturing support, um, the township economy support, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but, Chair, what I'd like to get a full understanding on from the department is whether or not they're doing sufficient work in the value chain to ensure vertical integration. And what I mean by that is that are they actually going to bigger manufacturers, bigger businesses, and asking them what kind of businesses can you procure from locally and what kind of businesses should we be incubating for you to be able to use them as suppliers and actually starting at that point and saying what what is actually something that you can procure locally competitively that we can then incubate um, and if they're taking that approach what success that has yielded thank you very much chair thank you honorable kaiso Yes, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. Um, can I switch off my video for... Um, Before we also lose you, yeah. It's yes, yes, Chair, because the, the low trading has caused havoc here. Uh, Honorable Chair, let me start by also thanking the Minister and the Head Team for, for for this presentation uh, made before this committee. <clears throat> Indeed, there was a, a lot of information that would also assist us to can be able to measure at what level as a committee will be able to intervene. Now, yes, there are a number of points that one picks up from the presentation itself as it dealt with the small business uh, 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 support. <clears throat> so now, uh, quite interesting. Some of them, uh, which also includes the issue of you know financing, and uh, you now after that presentation and the PBO's uh, presentation, I combined uh, uh, the understanding, drawing the line from these two presentation uh, presentation. I may not necessarily be. Uh, referring to uh, uh, you, 
I, I will be specific on, 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 on these two presentations at some stage. But at some stage, I will just combine them as one understanding. Uh, maybe if I'm to start, uh, Honorable Chairperson, um, I just want to check because uh, on the presentation there uh, by the department, uh, it is set a target of 70% of of the SMMEs being Africans. I just want, I just have an interest given the situation that we have in the country where we have other non-South African Africans, you know, uh, uh, so that we, maybe the, the, these percentage are not being, you know, uh, uh, is the department able to take out? Because when you throw your eyes around the country, you see there are also non-South Africans, Africans. So it is perhaps by, you know, people with permit, etc. But I'm, I just want to know what percentage do, uh, do South Africans actually, uh, you know, uh, occupy in this target or, or currently? What is the status quo? Because we might be referring to other uh, non-South African Africans. And then uh, I also... I'm also having an interest to know from the department uh, the participation of women in the small, medium uh, enterprises participation, the women, the disabled, and the young people. Yes, somewhere, somehow, I've seen a 5,000 number of uh, young people, but I wanted the department maybe to be specific because we also face uh, you remember that women face a particular uh, type of a struggle of, you know, being sidelined economically, you know, uh, do not have access to economic activity of the country as uh, much as men would be given uh, these opportunities. <clears throat> and uh, and a, a, a bigger percentage of women are unemployed. And we also have a, a, a population of disabled, you know. Uh, so one would like to know how does the small medium enterprises, act, uh, you know, uh, embraces uh, these uh, 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 subgroupings uh, that I've spoken about. So into the small uh, medium uh, enterprises you know, to recognize their contribution as, as, as these uh, sectors. Now, uh, the, the PPO, you talked about, you know, non-availability of information from the department itself so that you can be able to draw a particular or to go to a certain uh, determination or, or to, to draw a certain line. But I'm not sure now uh, whether we, is the department information classified or what. Uh, I, I, I didn't get what is the what is the reason of not being able to access that, or is it just a mere refusal, or is it a classified information that you are unable to get into? 
maybe as per the policy of that department or what? Because I, my understanding is that it, that is a that should be a public information at the end of the day. Now, on the issue of uh, what the PBO presented, honourable chairperson, uh, uh, it kept on making reference to you know availability of support in terms of uh, finance, and uh, especially by by, by 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 the financial institution, our banks, uh, when. A, 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 an elaboration on the 200 billion uh, guarantee, uh, guarantee scheme was being, you know, uh, unpacked to, before this committee. So we, 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 it also now points back uh, to what we said earlier that now the role of the financial institution has been has been very much, you know, awkward and non-supporting to. To, to, to these small medium enterprises. And this honorable chair, it, it strengthened our case to make sure that at the end of the day, we do have a state bank, which shall be playing a very critical role in as far as, you know, making um, finance available to small medium enterprise at the lower interest rates at the end of the day. So it strengthens our case when we say, there is a need, really, that there has there has to be a state bank that that shall, shall look into the interests of the small medium enterprises, because now the current dominant, uh, you know, commercial bank uh, would obviously look into where yeah large capital can be invested uh, in in big corporations, other than looking at the small medium enterprises. So that would be the reason that why then the state would have to come in through other means, you know, institution uh, of its own, uh, which it owns and is able to assist. So I, I, I think that's the that's the point that at the end of the day one would want to to make because uh, one takes a cue from what happened uh, post the World War Two where. We see a number of, you know, developed countries did uh, to jack up their economy uh, post the World War, uh, and 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 their some of their primary focus, uh, for instance, in Germany, was looking at the small, medium enterprises, and and which contributed largely to their growth of their economy. Most of them uh, where they are now, uh, and where their economies have tried to stabilize. I'm just saying. The importance of you know supporting the small medium enterprises, how it was important, even if you go back to the history of the uh, yes uh, post World War II. So, <clears throat> so I'm I'm just trying to make that point now. I think uh, one would really support the that particular point because I think the PBO raises a quite important matter in as far as you know legislative reform is concerned because otherwise if then there are constraints in as far as uh, uh, or imposed by these commercial banks it, it, it means now to make things work flexible for the small medium enterprises it would mean that they ha- we have there has to be a focus in as far as legislative uh, reform is concerned 
uh, your MFMA, your PFMA, and, and, and other necessary, you know, uh, uh, regulations which we, needs to be flexible, so such that now the small medium enterprises are able to thrive even at the local. I mean, even at a local uh, municipality level. So a number of uh, areas there at the local level has to, uh, you know, to reform to give it a, a space to can uh, contribute towards the economy, and more especially in ensuring that the product that emerges or is being supplied at the level of SMMEs is that one of being a, a local uh, product. So let me stop the uh, Honorable Chair with my little contribution. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Kaiso. Honorable Peters, please come in. Thank you very much, Chairperson, and thanks to the presenters. And... Uh, uh, quickly, Chairperson, my my. Uh, oh, I didn't say good morning. My 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 questions are predominantly to the small business uh, 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 department. Chair, my issue is there is home industries, there is the street economy. There is the township economy, street economy being those people who sell uh, what they would have produced in their kitchens or in their backyard at the street corners. As, uh, also those who would go up very early in the mornings to the market to, to go and buy the things that they sell at the corners. And uh, these people make money and they then... Uh, educate their children, keep the home fires been burning. I just want to know what support does this type of uh, people get? And also those who do home industries. You would know the confectionery uh, 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 sector. There's quite a lot of people who would bake biscuits and cakes and whatever in their, in their, in their homes. And I also want to know what um, the department is doing with regard to the fact that uh, big commercial companies like your checkers and uh, ShopRite as well as Bospa are literally taking the little monies from these street economy people and the home industries because they are now doing buffet cakes. I mean, those things you would have thought they would because they sell the flour, they sell the yeast, they sell the oil, and uh, uh, the fat that makes this 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 uh, fat cakes. Why do they then compete with the very people that are also sustaining their big businesses? Then the 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 I know that in 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 Houting, the premier and the MEC of economic development uh, launched in Soweto this township economy initiative one would want to know how how is the relationship with the uh, department and the province but also is there any support that the the province and the city is getting with regard to these initiatives and i would know that it is not only uh, john i mean Houghton province but many other pro provinces the other thing that i want to know is the department working with the Department of Trade and Trade 
and in uh, trade and industry and competition to make sure that uh, supplier development initiatives are in place to make it possible that big industries can uh, uh, procure from emerging uh, 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 suppliers. And what are they doing, these uh, big commercial enterprises, in terms of enterprise development for these uh, uh, SMMEs? And then also the other thing, is there a conscious uh, uh, effort in uh, markets for locally produced goods, and especially those that are produced by SMMEs. But also, Chairperson, even if they, they are not able to reply at this particular moment, the innovation hubs, how many are there in the country? Do we have enough to supply the, I mean, to support the emerging uh, 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 suppliers? I had, um, Comrade uh, uh, or Honorable uh, Kaiso raised the issue with regard to women, youth, and people with disability. My question is only related to is there positive uh, 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 funding? And if there is funding, how is it spread through the nine provinces and the different uh, uh, municipal area? And uh, through the district uh, uh, development model initiative, is there an intention with the champions of the district model uh, uh, DMM to make it possible that one of the focus is small business? And if it is not there, what is the department doing to make it possible that through the championships of the different ministers and uh, deputy ministers in the DDMs, they are able to make sure that one of the key focus areas is SMMEs and small businesses, especially the the street and uh, township economy initiatives. Then the lastly, Chairperson, there was a slide. I didn't see the number of that slide that was presented by PBO, which indicated that uh, in the in the in the different years. The, the 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 targets were not measured, and only in 2022, 2023 would it be measured, and because there would be figures or a, an indication on what needs to be achieved. So I would want to know: Is it from the department, but both department and PBO? Why was it not uh, the the targets not measured, or the I don't know. Let me say the numbers. The numbers were not measured. Thank you, Chair. Thank, thank you, Honorable Peters. Honorable members, do I have any other member who, who may want to raise an issue? Let, let me check with Honorable Sarupel. Honorable Sarupel, are you covered? And Sheikh Imam, Chairperson. Honorable Sheikh Imam, please come in. Chair, yeah, I'm covered. Uh, it's Honorable Sarupel. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, th- thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Sorry, I'm in my motor vehicle. I'm on my way to the airport. Uh, Chairperson, yeah, my questions, uh, following questions. Number one, can the department tell us about the success and or failure rate? In other words, businesses that they've assisted, number one, and uh, how many of them were able to pay back the monies uh, that were loaned or advanced to them? 
So, yeah, an idea of success and failure, that's the first thing. Second thing is this, are you engaging local government to be able to produce small business hub premises so that it can be made more feasible for small businesses to thrive? Thirdly, what other initiatives are you putting in place? And I want to give you a good example. I raised the other day that if we let every foreigner leave South Africa, you won't be able to have a haircut in South Africa. Now, are you considering some kind of initiatives in this field particularly? And I know you talk about personal care, although I don't know to what extent you talk about personal care. But this is one ideal example where local people could be trained in becoming males, particularly becoming hairdressers and barbers and that kind of thing. Could you, what do you do? I'll give you another example. I've just trained 33 girls funded by myself to be, do the beauty course and nail technician. Now they would love to become small entrepreneurs on their own. What kind of assistance can you give them once they have qualified, got the experience as far as start off? But more importantly, Chair, my observation is this. Giving monies is one thing. Remember, being a plumber and owning a plumbing business is two different things. What is the department is doing after you give them assistance to provide financial management skills, human resource management skills and things? And this ought to be an ongoing process to make them successful because people don't understand. And I'll give you a good example. If you gave somebody money to start up a spaza shop or whatever it is, People often don't understand that the money that you make on on a daily basis is not the money for you to spend. You spend the profits and you take the capital and you put it back into the business. That does not happen. You find people going and buying cars and all that kind of thing. So I want to know, are you providing any further assistance to them in, 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 in that regard? I'll stop there for now, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable uh, Sheikh Imam. Honorable Kaiser, do you have something you would like to add? Chair, just only one thing. I've heard the department uh, saying that they do not have sufficient budget. I, I just I just missed that point as to what happened to the budget uh, as, as it is insufficient then. Uh, Yes, I, I didn't get the point quite well clear. What, what were the reasons that were being advanced there? Thank you, Chair. Thank, thank you. Oral Peters, anything? Would like to add? Chair, my hand is up. Oh, Honorable Chairman, sorry, I didn't. See. You know how we do it, I don't. No, Chair. Nothing sure? from my side. Okay. Uh, Oral Chairman, please come in. <laughs> Thank you, Chair. Um, um, I want to find out from the department, what are they doing in terms of, um, because the department is focusing on small business and giving support to small businesses, and that will feed to employment. But you are having this in between rural towns that you can see unemployment is rife in those areas. What are the department doing to ensure that businesses is sustainable or giving output to employment within these um, communities and in building new industries in these communities? And then uh, secondly, Chair, 
um, we had um, seen the department is giving out uh, packages in terms of some, uh, um, business support packages in Matatiel area. Um, and some of the small businesses didn't even, was not even aware about this sort of uh, relief that is coming in the area. What are the department doing to ensuring that all uh, uh, small businesses are catered for and, and help or relief are spread equally amongst businesses so that it doesn't become a, 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 a just a, 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 a sort of what the EPW program is it, it is today in, 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 in supporting uh, people with a certain membership card. So what is the department doing to ensuring that all small businesses are uh, catered for and they know and, and um, equally what are the help and relief that is coming their way um, in terms of, of from the department side? And then lastly, Chair, um, if the department can also just give us a breakdown in terms of how many black-owned businesses and women-owned, women-owned, youth-owned businesses have the department uh, supported within the, the this uh, financial year. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank, thank you, Arabun Tlangwini. Um, let, let, let me uh, um, join with the oral members. First, let me uh, welcome the presentations made by both of the department. Uh, led by Honorable uh, Minister uh, Ndabin Abrams um, and, 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 and PBO. <clears throat> As you can see, we've got so much interest in that uh, in, the, in this department. Uh, <clears throat> perhaps it comes from our understanding that most of the things that we are saying we want to do as far as the economy is concerned as far as investment is concerned, as far as uh, employment creation is concerned. Uh, those things can only happen if the small business sector is functioning and, and is efficient. As Honorable Kaiso uh, uh, was saying, that uh, uh, the, the economic history is littered with good examples of, of what happens to the economy when the sector is functioning and functioning efficiently. Hence, our, 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 our interest. <laughs> uh, perhaps let me, let, let, let me start. Uh, <clears throat> so the, the presentation is most welcome. And today, I think my focus will be more on, on, on the department. Uh, PBO always interact with it. And thanks, PBO, for, for the insight. <clears throat> uh, let me start by saying that um, I, I was quite surprised at, at DG that uh, um, you didn't talk about budget, its adequacy or not, or, or inadequacy. So perhaps just to come in there, I just want to check how big is your budget as, 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 as a department uh, and comment around, around it. Uh, <clears throat> and, and then I uh, would also like to know um, how much of it did you spend uh, in the last financial uh, in the last financial year? Any understanding coming from from the department? As the committee, um, in the past few months, we've been dealing with the allocations and appropriations which go to departments and find that departments don't spend money. But please, uh, can you share uh, uh, with uh, 
the, the, the committee. I was definitely expecting you to say something around uh, the budget because I've got my own views. Uh, I think I'll, I'll, I'll say more about that later. Um, yeah, that's, 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 that's one. Um, two, I just want to check uh, any collaboration with other departments. I heard when it comes to DFIs and so on, you did mention that we are working with them. But when we, we interact with, depart- with other departments, they will tell us about uh, their intervention as far as uh, uh, <clears throat> small business a BE a companies, women-owned companies are concerned. So just want to check uh, what type of collaboration are we having with other departments for the DTIC, employment and, and labor. You know, there were issues uh, where the terrorist for instance, um, uh, from uh, employment and labor, uh, UIF, compensation fund, and so on. Please uh, just share, share with us uh, what your collaboration has been. Acting CEO, Mabumbata, you, I think I see when you were talking about CIFA, you said you don't fund property development. Uh, what's the rationale behind that? Uh, please share with us. Um, I just want to check the um, perhaps it's it's, uh, it's 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 related to what Robert Sarupen was ra- raising. I may raise it dif- differently. Uh, what what do you see uh, the role of of the department apart from funding funding advo- the advocacy role, championing the, the cause of of of, of small of, of small business? Um, for instance. <clears throat> Uh, we we always hear that government and uh, uh, and agencies and SOEs don't pay small businesses on time. We uh, government had come up with the policy of thirty days, and in most cases that doesn't happen. What did you see your role as far as that is concerned, and what you have been doing, and what did you understand its impact to be in in those in those in those businesses? Um, um, when it comes to cash flow, uh, we hear um, very uh, sad stories of businesses who say government is um, um, uh, <clears throat> a big contributor in our closing down as businesses. They give us business and they don't pay us. So that's where we, we are coming from saying this is why the advocacy role is, 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 is concerned. Um, an interest in agriculture, um, any role that the business is, is playing, especially uh, in, in new businesses. Cannabis, for instance, uh, <clears throat> um, in some places where some of our ministers come from, they would know that uh, this has been the, the, the business that have been run by black people. But when they come, when we interact, uh, <clears throat> With uh, role, role players, they say yes, it's there, uh, but the, the barriers to entry, licenses, and so on is too much uh, for us to get involved. I just want to check whether there is any role that the department is playing 
and what uh, what is there is 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 is, is that rule. Um, <clears throat> let me throw in this one. Uh, what has been the impact of load shedding on small on 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 on, on small businesses? Again, still on <clears throat> on advocacy role. I think uh, Honorable Kaiser uh, touched on this. As far as markets are concerned, but I'm particularly looking at uh, at at government procurement. Uh, is government procuring from small businesses, from localized uh, local businesses, because that's part of of our ERP. This is this is part of local de- of local development. I'm saying, for instance, if you look at things like prisons, are they procuring from small businesses? If you if you look at at hospitals, schools, and so on and so forth, are they and do you see the department having a role to play there? <clears throat> Government gives out a lot of licenses, business licenses. Um, to allow you to do certain things. For instance, let me say a gambling license, right? Those licenses are given out by by government. <clears throat> and usually we are told that the, the 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 conditions are very onerous. Again, is there any role that the, that the department is playing as far as that uh, is 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 concerned? Um, do you do you, con- do you consider professional firms like uh, lawyers, firms, accountants, engineers, etc., are they part of of, of your focus? Uh, because in my dictionary, a small business, and uh, uh, when you go in Sentin or you go to Cape Town and so on, uh, for instance, you see big buildings of of law firms. But why do you strikes me? None of those. Uh, a new law firm, firms, it's Mukwena or a, a, a Mombata or, or Chase. No, it's a, a, the old firms and so on. And when you say we are transforming the economy and we see that happening, it says there's something that we are not doing. But I'm just trying to check: do we see that as 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 a, as an area that should concern uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, the small business uh, uh, department? Honorable Minister, uh, there's a, a public procurement bill that has been spoken about. <clears throat> I don't know whether you, you 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 have looked at it as the department, because for us uh, we are looking at this budget of about two trillion rand every year that uh, Parliament passes, six trillion rand uh, uh, in in the in the NTF. We are looking at 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 that budget as also something that should assist us in transforming the economy, in helping a, 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 a small business, black business, women-owned business, rural businesses, and so on. Uh, I would like to check whether you have looked at it as the department and to see whether it does serve the interest of uh, uh, your constituents, that is, uh, the, uh, the, the small businesses as it were. I think let 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 me leave it at that, and I'll allow you, Minister, to come in again like you did. Um, uh, you come in, you refer to 
to the um, to the department, the DJ, and so on. But uh, back to you, um, only bring back the the meeting back to us once all the questions and comments have been attended to. For those areas where the the minister and the department still wants to do, to do further research and so on, uh, you you are happy we you are allowed to do so and give us information at a later stage. Thank you very much, Honourable Minister. Please come in. Thank you so much, Chairperson, and thank you for the questions from the honourable members. Chairperson, with your permission, I would like to invite my DG to respond, and I will come in and 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 provide responses where they would have not um, provided in detail. Thank you so much, DG. No, thanks, uh, Minister, and thanks, uh, Chair and honourable members, for the question uh, questions. Uh, we do have quite a number of them. I'll cover some and then the CEOs will also come in and cover um, the, the, the other questions. Maybe I'll start maybe from the bottom. Uh, or maybe let me start from the first question. I think Honorable... Um, where's my questions now? Is that okay? Yes, I'm just... Uh, my question just disappeared. Yeah, I have taken notes. Yes. The first question was, yes, on localization and the value chain, how do we work around supporting small businesses to localize? There are parallel processes that we are driving. There is a bigger process that is driven through network where government and big business in particular, they've identified specific products that can be produced uh, locally and uh, where we, we're saying SMMEs can play a critical role here. So those products uh, have been identified. I think there are 40 products for now um, that we are doing what we call import replacement, uh, where retailers, they tell us that these are the products that we are procuring from other countries. Uh, we believe that uh, we do have uh, a space to to, to enable local SMEs to supply. And then from our side, then we utilize the small enterprise manufacturing support program to make sure that these SMEs, they do have capacity in terms of getting proper machinery, uh, equipment, uh, technology, they need technology, but also support them with business development support to meet these requirements. So we do work closely with the big retailers, but on the other hand, within the department, we are also driving because in terms of ERP, there is a component that talks to SMME-focused localization program where we are expected to really drive the agenda that beyond just localizing production, we need to make sure that SMMEs have a critical role that they are playing in the space. So we do also approach different uh, retailers, retailers like Clicks, uh, Pick and Pay, all these big retailers where we say, can you create a space for, 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 for products that are produced by small businesses? Obviously, they will also come up with their own requirements. And then we come in as a department and say, um, we know we can see that you do have some capacity as an SMME, but let's assist you to properly package your products. One of the things that has been a challenge for our SMMEs in listing the products in these retailers is the issue of the packaging, also the issue of the pricing. So it's important for us as a department to come up with these interventions to make sure that our SMMEs, they do proper packaging, but also proper pricing, which is also informed, you know, by the inputs that are put into the production. So that's why we also assist 
in terms of the raw materials and all these other things and, and providing proper equipment. So we do play a, a role, um, but we are driving parallel processes to push, especially the agenda of uh, a small business a, a, a development. Nichi? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, please, uh, uh, can you switch on your video, please? Okay. Yes, okay. I hope I... Yeah, we are going yeah, yes, and then the the, the second uh, question uh, I'll skip those that the, the CEOs uh, will 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 respond to uh, so that I move uh, quicker. Um, we do have specific figures, Chair. I think the question was from Honourable Tai. So um, we do have specific figures in terms of the businesses that are owned by women that we supported. Um, we do avail the information uh, if it's requested. Um, legislative reforms, they are very critical, Chair. Um, we are in, in the process of uh, reviewing two, two, two legislations from the department. One is the small, National Small Enterprise uh, Act, uh, which was last reviewed in 2004. There we are reviewing it for two purposes. One is the issue of setting up an, an ombuds office, which is an alternative dispute resolution mechanism. So it also addresses the question that was asked later whether we are doing any advocacy because most SMEs are complaining about uh, not being paid on time, uh, big businesses changing contract terms, mid, you know, those contracts. Uh, so we're coming up with this alternative dispute resolution mechanism so that our SMEs can have somewhere to go when they have a dispute, even with government departments, because it does happen with government departments that they don't pay SMEs on time. They also don't uh, fulfill the contracts. Uh, so we do, we are reviewing that act, uh, which is it's supposed to go to parliament uh, in February and uh, next year. And then the second uh, part why we are reviewing that act is to cater for the now, the incorporation of CIFA, and the cooperative bank development agency into CEDA because there have been this uh, challenge that has been raised by SMEs that they do go to CEDA uh, for support, but when they move from CEDA to CIFA, you know, some of the business plans are not supported. So we are um, putting together as directed by cabinet that we need to integrate these two entities, uh, but with the addition now of the cooperative bank uh, development agency to make sure that uh, we have one entity it will also reduce you know the need for an SME to move from one entity to another but also there will be this seamless relationship between the two entities the one that provides financial support and the one that provides uh, non-financial support but also there will be a bigger reach now because we will be consolidating these two entities so they will be, be able to be located uh, in one um, uh, office but also will be able to spread uh, in terms of the districts because we are also uh, aligning ourselves with the district development model where we are pushing even targets uh, in various districts to make sure that uh, all the districts are covered in terms of our support because it is always easy, for example, to get applications from urban areas and in the, you process those and then you meet your targets. But it's also important for us as a developmental state that we also reach those districts that are marginalized. Uh, that's why we came up with the Township and Rural Entrepreneurship Program because we are pushing the agenda there of reaching as many businesses, especially those that are based uh, in township and rural areas. 
Uh, Chair, uh, Honorable Peters did raise a number of questions. One of them is the support that we are providing to home industries and the Township and Rural Entrepreneurship Program is aimed at addressing exactly that, uh, where we say those businesses that are operating in township and rural areas, they need a specific support intervention because when they go to commercial banks, they do not get you know, support from them. Uh, so that's why we've designed this scheme, which has a maximum amount of one million, and which also is a combination of a loan and a grant. But CEDA, on the other hand, they do provide support in terms of formalizing these businesses, assisting them to do everything that they need to do to prepare them to be ready for funding. So they do assist them uh, with interacting with the uh, uh, municipalities if they need licensing, issues around registration, issues around compliance. So CEDA does provide that support and can hold them until they get uh, financial support. And then even post that there is post-investment support uh, that we are providing to make sure that these businesses do achieve what they're supposed to achieve. It, it doesn't, the relationship does not end at the time when we provide support. So there is this post-investment support that's provided post uh, the support uh, that has been provided by the department. Then, um, yes, there is a relationship between ourselves and, and, and the provinces. I must indicate here that the, the other legislation that we are working on, uh, that we are amending is the Businesses uh, Act, which was last uh, amended in 1991. And that act is the one that talks to the issue of the permits, the issue of the licenses. That uh, responsibility was moved to the provinces. So we are working closely with the municipalities, the provinces, because the issue of uh, uh, issuing of licensing, licenses and permits is the responsibility of the municipalities. So we are reviewing this act because we've discovered that there is inconsistencies between uh, various municipalities. As the CEO did mention that some municipalities, for example, they issue licenses, they give a license of 500 rand, you go to another municipality, you have to pay as much as 3,000 rand for a municipality. And these informal businesses who need these licenses, some of them, they, they make a profit of between 500 and 3,000 rand. So it doesn't really make sense in terms of the price. So it should also, we're saying in the reviewing of this act, municipalities should not consider the licenses as another income stream. So the permits and the licenses, the money that SMMEs, informal businesses are paying, should be just for administrative costs. They should not be seen, you know, as a source of income because that's why other municipalities end up charging uh, these exorbitant uh, prices. So in terms of uh, us, the relationship between ourselves, especially with the DTIC, we work very closely with DTIC, even the small enterprise manufacturing scheme that we came up with, we packaged it together. Uh, they contributed $200 million, uh, when we started this program because they, they realized that there is a need really for, uh, for small businesses to plug this gap and make sure that we have uh, small businesses uh, that are manufacturing. Also under supplier development programs, we had interactions with the BEE Commission here because we we're also talking to the issue of the fund of funds where the monies that uh, uh, these uh, big corporates um, are, are setting aside for enterprise development. They really, because the focus has been unfortunately on uh, skills development, you know, we have not seen any value when it comes to uh, supply, real supply development. So when people train people and then they count that, you know, as points uh, and then they get some sort of a, a, a better grading just uh, by 
you know, getting a consultant uh, to go and train business. So we are saying that they need to be real, tangible uh, results when it comes to supply development uh, initiatives. And then uh, under locally produced goods, uh, as I indicated earlier, we have this small enterprise manufacturing scheme, but also working closely with other entities like probably South African, because there is a need for us to manufacture these goods locally, but also raise the demand because um, the, the, there is that biasness, uh, I must say, from the consumer side when they look at their certain products, brands that they are familiar with. And when it comes to the new ones, you know, they are a little bit suspicious. So we do have a, a partnership um, with Proudly South Africa uh, where they, they assist us in terms of the marketing, but also with um, raising awareness in terms of the, the, the products that are produced locally, because even the positioning of these locally produced goods in the in the retail stores is very critical. Because if you put it just behind uh, the other products or in the behind shelves, they will never move these products. So there is um, a, a, an effort that we are making in pushing the, the the and making sure that we publicize this and make sure that people are aware of the locally produced goods. But we know that it's not as sufficient. We still need to do more. We need to increase the budget to assist with the marketing of these goods that are produced uh, locally. Um, uh, CEO, I think, will cover the issue of the innovation hubs. We do have quite a number of um, um, incubators, but we also have um, digital hubs. And we also have centers for entrepreneurship that we are um, um, working on with uh, the Tibet colleges in particular. There's, through the DDM, we are working closely with uh, quite a number of uh, district champions. Uh, in fact, in the department, we've set up, uh, we've asked different colleagues uh, to be district champions so that they work with the municipality. So if a municipality or a district has an inquiry or they need the department to come through, they do have a district champion that they need to talk to within the department. And if there is a need, or support that is required from an entity, our district champion is able to go and talk to the to the entity and say, there is this event, please come through and make a presentation on this and this. Uh, if there is a, a project, you know, that needs finance, we, the, the district champions are also able to champion those things. So we do work closely. We are fully, fully uh, committed to the district development model. Even the interactions that we're having, we're having them at the district level, even our interventions around red tape reduction we are driving them through the district development model because it doesn't help if we go to a specific local municipality and the district is not able to follow up and make sure that the, the, the local municipality implement those interventions uh, that are required. I think in, in terms of those targets, we did not get the, the presentation from the PBO on time, but in terms of those targets that uh, I think were not measured, I'll just check. But it, it could be those that are new targets. Uh, it's not uh, targets that we could have uh, uh, had uh, in the past. I think colleagues will talk uh, on uh, Honorable Sheikh Imam's uh, questions. Uh, just to indicate that definitely we, we've taken, we're working with the Department of Labor, Employment and Labor uh, on artisans. Uh, they've given us their database because there are people who are trained technically but they need, still need support in terms of business development. So, so we believe that some of these guys who have technical skills, um, they will need some sort of training uh, to run businesses because it becomes a different story altogether when you're doing the work, you know, just as an employee and when you're doing the work as, 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 as a business and you have to do your own administration 
You have to know how much to charge. You have to know, you know, what documents you need to have to comply. So there is that um, engagement, and I think COC that will also uh, talk more on that one. And then we are working with municipalities. The, the partnership with the municipalities is both on assisting them with their uh, local economic development strategies because we don't want these LED strategies to just be a tick uh, box exercise where people say we've got a consultant, they came up with an LED strategy, it's done, uh, target achieved. But we want to have practical strategies that we can intervene uh, as a department and say, uh, this uh, in this municipality, these are the successful sectors, these are the small businesses that are operating in this area. This is the kind of support that they are looking for. And then we also intervene in terms of infrastructure support. I think it's one of the areas that has been raised, especially by small businesses that are based in township and rural areas um, where they complain about infrastructure. We have a facility called shared economic infrastructure facility where we go, uh, it's mostly 50-50 with the municipality because we don't want as a department to go and set up an infrastructure and then when you go away, no one takes responsibility for that infrastructure. So when the municipality puts its own resources in that infrastructure, they have to look after it when we are not there, make sure that the people who are utilizing infrastructure, they look after that uh, infrastructure properly, uh, they maintain it, uh, because it's a business uh, center. So it has to be appealing even to the customers. It cannot be that uh, we just set up as government and then go away and no one ensures that uh, that uh, infrastructure is kept, is kept uh, proper. Uh, I, I think we have respond, responded to the issues that were raised around the township and rural areas, especially in the, in the, in the small towns and that we do have a specific scheme that is talking to that. Um, we, 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 the minister was there, but maybe she will also talk to the issue of Madadiel. We do have a scheme called the informal and micro enterprise development program where we do provide a support uh, to informal businesses in particular, those who need equipment to run or to improve their business operations. We work closely here with the municipalities chair uh, in terms of identifying these informal businesses. So if your business is not known or it's not even, um, registered with the municipality, it, it, it becomes impossible for us to reach uh, uh, those uh, businesses. So it's important that uh, the relationship uh, that we maintain with the municipality, because one at the end of the day, when we are out of that area, the municipality is able to continue to monitor whether these people are still utilizing the equipment for the business purposes that they applied for. We also need to be able to monitor the impact of this uh, intervention. Chair, we did not um, cover the issue of the budget uh, because the, the letter, I think it was mostly talk, talking to um, the impact and other things. So we did not really utilize this opportunity. I think we should have utilized this did opportunity. Tichi, Tichi. Yes, you must, ne- you must never leave an opportunity. Especially they are talking to the budget committee, appropriations. Okay, Kubegak. No, no, we'll never miss this opportunity again. Uh, we still have an opportunity. I'm sure Minister will, will, will also expand on that because there are processes that we are working on. Yes, the budget is, is not sufficient, but what we're also making sure, Chair, is that we also build capacity for us to be able to spend the budget because it's always 
wrong for us as government departments to send money back to national treasury. So from our side, we push and make sure that we spend as much as possible. Uh, for example, our budget for last uh, year, 2021-32, it was 2,7 billion then. Uh, I'm sure you've seen in 2,27, yes, 2,27. And then uh, we spent 2,24. Uh, we understand by 23 million. Uh, I must indicate uh, that um, the understanding was mostly one on the on the COE because what had happened is um, we had to do a structure um, and then we had to also delay the certain appointments because we had to finalize the structure. So we just finalized uh, the first structure. The structure that we're operating with has been the startup structure that you normally get when the department is established. So since 2014, we've been operating on this uh, startup structure that is provided by DPSA. Uh, so the, the, now we are in a process now of moving ahead and filling all those critical positions uh, that needs to be filled. There was also a legal understanding under transfers uh, because of delays in the in the procurement of uh, a certain uh, uh, goods. So the, the understanding was uh, very, very low in terms of the money that is supposed uh, to reach uh, uh, small businesses. And then uh, the, 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 there is a, a significant need to upscale this budget because, for example, we need to expand uh, the work that we are doing around incubation. I'm sure the CEO will talk to that uh, because there is a slide indeed uh, that Honorable Taiso spoke about that uh, talks about insufficient budget. And also in the small enterprise manufacturing scheme is a very popular scheme. The CEO, I'm sure he will talk to that. Um, they, they need more money in that space because we are encouraged that SMMEs are really looking at producing goods locally and it's, it, it, it's, it's a very nice uh, problem to have that people want really to start manufacturing as many uh, uh, goods uh, uh, locally. Then on the advocacy role, yes, uh, we are pushing this, making sure that SMMEs are paid on time, both by government as well as uh, the private sector. Um, it's a very important issue uh, that you are uh, raising, Chair. Um, we always advocate for that and make sure that um, uh, those that are not paying on time do write accounting officers to accounting officer. We are in the process where also minister is writing to the other ministers just to alert them on this and making sure because one of the issues that was raised by the by the AG, uh, even national treasury, the issue of consequence management, that we need to make sure that those people who are not paying on time, um, our SMMEs, they do um, are held accountable for that. We do have a serious interest, especially the agricultural sector. Uh, Chair, the Department of Agriculture um, has really been working with us, even in the master plan that has been finalized recently. We were part of it, and there, there is a specific section that talks to the work that we are supposed to do together with them uh, in implementing this master plan. In the cannabis sector in particular, uh, we, we do have a special interest there. Uh, we have, uh, we are piloting certain initiatives, but we've been warned in terms of the red tape that has also been um, identified in the space when it comes to the requirements for people to, to get these licenses in the first place. Um, we are addressing those. The presidency has uh, an office that is dealing specifically in ensuring that we remove this red tape. So we are, we, we, we are we are having one of the incubators, for example, in the Eastern Cape uh, that is being looked at so that it can be uh, uh, assist us in driving the initiatives around uh, the cannabis uh, uh, sector. 
the government spend, Chair, you are correct, uh, we have to really utilize our spend as government to drive support for SMEs. As a department, we had identified 1,000 products uh, that we believe we can start from there as government. Uh, we are not here talking about uh, services like security, you know, all those low value, because that's what most people have been doing, that they identify these low value services and products and say SMEs can play in this space. But we want to go to those high value areas as well, where a lot of money is spent, uh, prisons, uh, hospitals, even the manufacturing of the linen and all these things. We say government as SMEs must be, especially local SMEs, uh, must be assisted uh, to get uh, this. So we are interacting with National Treasury here in terms of the procurement bill. We know that it has taken a little bit long. We had interactions with National Treasury and we know that it went to uh, NetLeg. Um, it, it, it is of concern. We've been raising this matter uh, that this procurement bill has taken too long for it to be finalized. And it's a very critical instrument because most of the time when this government we are pushing uh, certain initiatives, we are told that no, this is not legal. You cannot do this. Um, we need so this procurement bill definitely check is very 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 important. In terms of uh, the issue of the license, I think I've covered it that we are trying to reduce uh, these uh, uh, onerous processes. Uh, we because in certain instances, some of the things that we are proposing in the reviewing of this uh, businesses act is that uh, where a municipality is failing to issue licenses, it should be deemed, you know, as that business has a license, because it cannot be that uh, as a municipality you fail to do your work, but when uh, the, 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 the cops, uh, they go there, you find that you have all the documents that shows that you've already applied, but the problem is with the other side, which is the municipality that is not issuing you with a proper license on time. So the issue of the, the fees as well, and that's what we are addressing with the, with the, with the bills to allow the ministry to determine, you know, how much should be the fee to deal with this issue of some of these municipalities seeing these permits and licensing as an opportunity to generate some income. Okay, we started with uh, the issue of the professionals. Um, the, 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 during uh, COVID in particular, even the doctors, you know, some of them, uh, even during the riots, they were severely affected uh, by, by, by the riots. Recording stopped. Deep and they are they are buildings and they've come to us and we are taking them as professionals, engaging with them so that we can also come up with appropriate intervention. Chair, let me allow recording the in progress. Uh, allow the CEOs to come in. Maybe I've been talking too much here. Uh, the, the recording has stopped. And as CEOs, let me allow you to come in. I don't know, as CEOs, see that you can proceed. Thanks, um, thanks, uh, thanks, Chair. Um, I was trying not to have my video on, but I, I got the instruction, uh, and mainly because of the load shading. But I hope I will be audible. If not, then I will um, switch off the the video. No, Siaguzo can proceed. The CEO. Okay. Thanks, Chair. Uh, then there's just the DJ has covered most of the questions. This few that I would Bambat. Um, no, no, we we must see you. As you say, you appeared before appropriations, but we don't know who this who this person is. <laughs> 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 
I understand that. Che. I understand. Never let you, or you still fine. We're, we're still fine. Please continue. Okay. If, if you can drop right. it, then my thanks, Chen. I think I'll just quickly cover um some of the of the questions. Um, um on the issue of the um, the question around um from honorable guys on the issue of the value chains and unpacking the value chains and um, uh, assisting the 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 whole the, the SMMEs to be able to list their goods or for for us to be relevant in terms of goods produced by the locals and those goods finding their way into um the the wholesalers. I think the DG did cover um but we are working with um various uh, wholesalers um through the department but also as an agency uh we have our partnerships with the different entities um like your private sector your pick and pay clips where we see some of the products making um its way there. But I think the big question is just the the impact of that which we need to measure and if they are moving as quickly as possible. Um, but there is work um, that is being done uh, on that. And obviously we use our incubation as well as our normal feeder model and our partners to make sure that the quality uh, is good uh, of the product that are being supplied. Uh, the DG covered the issue of the home industry, street economy and township, which is covered by a trap. On the issue that he wanted me to cover on on the on the hubs, we've got as an as an, as a as a department, um via seed that we've got 20 digital hubs. This is where we're dealing with um across the country with the digital um uh, uh, entrepreneurs where we are able to house them, groom them and make sure that their concepts um uh, uh get to the stage where they are ready for the market. So that's the work uh, that we're doing. Um, we have most of those in the townships. We've been launching um, most of those. The minister has been launching most of those and because we are trying to bring um, that kind of service closer um, to the SMEs within the township. We'll continue in the near future um, to increase those as part of our incubation. We do a lot of work um, with um, the centers of entrepreneurship um, as well as uh, working um, with um, Different tibets, colleges, and universities in making sure that um, we 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 get to the students well, or uh, to the students at an early age, um, and those who want to be entrepreneurs, then have an opportunity um, to get into the space um, and are able to um, uh, become entrepreneurs at that point. And uh, apologies for that, uh, Chair. Um, the 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 and then we also have our normal um, uh, uh, incubator that runs in various spaces uh, in the food space where we're able to assist SMMEs that are in the food space with compliance uh, issues, food compliance, um, all the certificates that are required um, for their products to be to be ready for consumption and so that they're able to access market for construction incubators. We've got incubators in various uh, spaces as an organization where we're able to take through our SMEs. Um, but what we've been prioritizing is the innovation, uh, is the digital hubs um, that we have so that we make sure that as we, as, as they, as to align ourselves with the economy and uh, with the VIR. So that becomes key. Um, the, the, in terms of our budget, uh, there was a question around that, that question, um, I think from Honorable Peters. Um, from a CEDA point of view, we always strive for 
at least um, 74%, above 70% of our budget to be spent in the provinces. Um, I will link that question, Chair, with the question that you asked. I know the department responded, the teacher responded, but um, if you look at the presentation that was made, I'm sure the Chair noted that the budget of CEDA um, has been has not been growing over the years um, and, and what the department uh, apportions to CEDA, which hovers around 800 and something uh, million um, uh, uh, annually. Um, with the work that CEDA has been given um, and the task that we have, especially post-COVID, um, post um, the unrest, post um, the floods, um, we definitely um, need to make sure that so that CEDA is able to support the businesses to remain sustainable, um, to be able to provide all the training, to be able to handhold these businesses and, and to be able to make sure that um, they are able to um, uh, 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 make profit and, and create the jobs and sustain the jobs, um, that um, it remains an area of concern. And that's why when I was on the start around CETA, we have mentioned that budget remains uh, an, an issue. Um, uh, we, we, for the first time um, in over five years, in the previous financial year, were able to spend... Um, 99.6% of the budget towards uh, providing the, SMM, the services to the SMMEs. We had um, a surplus last year of 294 million that we came in with that Treasury gave us back during the third quarter of last year. We we're also able to spend that and our normal budget. So um, that accounts for the 99.6%. So, um, and that was for the, for, for the first time in many years. And we're moving on that direction. Uh, we don't want um, not to spend money even going forward. Uh, we man- managing and monitoring our budget on a quarterly basis very tightly, and we do a reallocation to the to, to the provinces that need more money in case some are not moving speed. But we push those who are moving to move so that then there's equal spending across um, the provinces. So that is one of the project projects uh, that one introduced uh, last year when um, when I got to to see that at the beginning of the financial year last year, and that seems to be working very well. We, we definitely do, uh, with the work that we need to do, especially on the cannabis, um, I mean, the incubation there is not going to cost us a small amount of money. There's work being done, and that definitely needs to be funded, as well as the licenses. I mean, we're getting information that some cost as much as, um, you know, 300K, you know, 200, 500K. Um, that is, that this is a new industry, and based on the previous allocations, original allocations, this was not catered for. So we need, uh, to cater for that, but we can help our uh, black SMMEs to get into this industry and be able to make money. There is work that is being done. Um, there is um, an uptake DJ, I think it's from Canada, um, that we are that is that we're participating to make sure that we get SMMEs ready, but it's going to cost a lot of money to get them um, to that level. But there is a team from the SNK province and the team of uh, DSPD and uh, CEDA that are working uh, on this work, uh, Chair. And uh, we are watching the space. We want to see success, uh, but definitely it is going to cost us a lot of money. And I think the service access points that we're trying to do, um, uh, the way we're trying to reach out to the rural communities, again, that is a new thing that um, would definitely uh, needs to be funded so that we are uh, available to most outskirts uh, of the country. Chair, uh, on the partnerships that we have with different departments, yes, we do work with different um, departments, um, including the CITAS. Um, we're working with, uh, uh, for example, Mercita, 
Um, we've got some funding from them that they've given us to do training in that space. We got some money from the NSF, National Skills Fund, to um, employ 250 graduates that would provide training to 2,500 businesses over the period of two years, uh, which is mainly established. And we're working with other uh, departments, for example, in Tuane, um, the municipality, um, we have given us an office there to put our, our employees and they pay. Uh, for that as well. And we've got um, those uh, across um, with some of the provinces as well. And some of the department, I know in KZN, for example, we received like, last year, we received about 3 million from the economic development um, just uh, for us to be able to do the work of um, 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 training and mentoring uh, SMEs. So we have quite a lot of partnerships um, with various departments that are working in or with, with some municipalities, we've got lo- uh, co-locations where we are able as an organization to send our staff once they in two weeks to go and attend to the SMME needs. So there's a lot of work um, that we are doing in that space, um, uh, Chair. The, 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 I think I've covered on, on that. On the issues that you raised on the impact of low trading on SMMEs, it's a serious issue. I think it's, a, it's an issue of um, initially when, when low trading started, um, I know that between CIFA and CIDA, we opted for uh, especially funding from CIFA. We, we were then giving clients, uh, providing, doing a provision for generators. Um, and um, that used to work very well um, because the cost of diesel and everything was still low at that time. But now the cost has skyrocketed. So to run that and um, to, to, to still remain profitable, um, it's still a challenge for the SMEs. Um, the generators are no longer a solution. We need to look at other uh, means, uh, including solars and everything. But um, that needs capital. Um, and again, if you if you're doing a loan for the SME to do a generator or to do a solar, you are further um, indebting the SME. So that needs to be prioritized and needs to be looked at differently from a grant point of view. Those are the discussions um, that are taking place there. But it's a serious issue, especially for small businesses. You know, um, the others that are in the shopping centers, big malls, they are fine because some of the malls have the generators, but the majority of our SMMEs are not in those spaces. And uh, it affects production. Um, it affects product, the quality of production because sometimes they're running a production and uh, there's no issue. Sometimes they can't finish on time um, the production run, even though they knew that there would be a, a production, uh, a, a low shedding, and that affects the quality of what they need to do. Um, Chair, I, um, I probably, I think I've covered most of what the DG didn't cover. Um, and if anything, we can definitely be able to, uh, write and, and provide the, the answers. Or oh, there's one question, um, that I wanted to just, uh, cover in terms of, um, when I will shake Imam around the, the support. Um, I think he mentioned the businesses that are in the nail space. Um, those, those, um, if, if, if trained and ready, those businesses can access, um, the, the, one of the schemes within the trap, uh, a program that talks to, um, head, head salons and, uh, and related products. They will be able to get funding to start their own businesses. But I think the biggest challenge is the support, which is pre and post funding support, which is very, very, uh, important. Um, uh, where we're able to handhold uh, those businesses. I think what we did uh, when we started the, the trap uh, program is that because of a lot of, of COVID, we tried to just keep those businesses surviving and we're able to um, give them funding. But uh, the right method is to make sure that they are pre-trained because um, 
most of them are not running formal businesses. So the pre-training is now being emphasized. And also the post-funding um, training is that we are emphasizing and we are holding those uh, businesses. Just so that then even the basic example that was made of um, profit versus um, revenue, you know, and, and all those things, some of the businesses don't know. They think whatever comes in is their money. And that's the fact. Um, and, and when we teach them the basics of accounting and of costing, it makes a huge difference uh, for, for their businesses. And that's what we offer and our training and coaching and mentorship at CIDA is a big part of the programs uh, that, that we have to. I would, I would, I would leave it there, uh, Chair, and if there's anything that you would let me know. Thank you, Chair, very much, and the members. Thank you, Mr. Mbata. Um, is anything from um, the um, Dichi, anything from your side? I want to go to PBO now. May I? Uh, can I? CEO Sita is on the platform. Sifa, sorry. Okay. Sifa, please come in. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Chair, and thank you, Honorable Members. I'm not sure whether I'm audible and uh, visible, Chair, from the side of the... Of we are both. You are both. You may proceed. Thank, thank you. you very much. Welcome. Thank you, Chair. Um, there was a question, Chair, that was raised around uh, um, the, what to call, the COVID interventions and the numbers that were actually higher in 2020, 2021 on the number of SMEs and jobs. I just wanted, I think it came also from the PMO. I just wanted to explain one trend, Chair, there, that before COVID, uh, members will realize that the numbers of jobs created were around um, 70 to 80,000. Because of the COVID-19 interventions that uh, the department rolled out together with CIFA and CIDA, those numbers jumped to 200,000 plus. Then now that we're going back to what I'll call normalcy, the numbers are going back to your pre-COVID numbers. So those numbers of uh, 200,000 plus were spiked by the COVID interventions that were rolling out with the department. Now we're going back to the baseline of the pre-COVID-19 numbers. Um, the, the issue of uh, how many South Africans and Africans were funded, the police of CIFA, we don't fund non-South Africans. We only fund businesses that are 100% owned by South Africans. We are also quite strict for those um, uh, what we call naturalized South Africans, because we banned Chairperson and members, our fingers in that regard. For example, we funded one Zimbabwean in Kelvin, Johannesburg, some time back, 12 million rents loan, married to a South African, had a house which we actually used as collateral of about 2.5 million rents. One day, this fellow just packed his bags, left the house, the wife and the children, and then with the money. Um, 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 and we, now we, we are quite strict that if you are a natural South African, you need to give us more security because that's the risk we face when it comes to, to, to mainly your naturalized South Africans. But our focus, Chair, is businesses that are 100% South African owned. Um, how many women were funded in the portfolio, including youth, women, and disabled? Chair, as, as covered in the, in the, in the, in the presentation, those numbers only speak to what you call your trap as requested. Um, 
the, the number of the approvals actually that we had over this period was 822 million. And we dispersed 737 million. Um, the number of SMEs that were funded were about 12,000, which created about 17,000 jobs. Now, the, 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 out of the chair, the disbursement of 737 million, 342 million went to women owned businesses. And 263 million went to youth owned businesses. And 4.4 million went to businesses owned by uh, disabled people. And uh, 351 million went to businesses that are located in the townships. And 281 million share went to businesses that are located in the rural areas. So I would like to flag share that we have a, a, what we call one of our targets is what we call designated groups, that being women, youth, and people with disabilities. So we measured actually on our performance on how we deliver around those targets. And so far, Chair, we are meeting those targets as the numbers will show. Um, there was also another number. For example, this is now just trap numbers, Chair. The number of SMEs that we funded for the year, Chair, that ended in um, March 2022, this year, the financial year, we funded 76,129 SMEs. And that resulted for that year in 96,589 jobs. So we, 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 we do what we call prioritize really those because those are the key measurements that we get measured as we actually provide funding. And then um, informal sector support, the DG and my colleague from CIFA spoke to that, CIDA rather. Um, we, during COVID-19, chair, the department introduced a, a package, not COVID, rather, during the violence in KZN and some parts of, of, of uh, housing, the department introduced a scheme that was designed to support informal businesses. And we provided support to those uh, informal businesses that were affected by violence. And uh, now we're looking, chair, and uh, in discussions with the department, whether we should proceed with this program of providing providing support to informal businesses. We, we've got now a pipeline of about 7,000 applicants from the informal sector. And uh, we were in discussions with the DG to see whether this program should not only be a, an intervention for what to call um, the violence that occurred, but it should be a program that we should continue providing the financial support to informal businesses. And then in that process, we're engaging also the municipalities and the associations of these informal businesses to see how do we formalize them because it's easier where there's an element of formalization uh, in that sector. So we did provide support and we, we still continue to in that regard. Um, the, the funding, how is it spread throughout the provinces and districts? Chair, we, for each province, we've got a budget that is allocated uh, uh, for, for the year. And uh, but what you'll find, chairperson and members, is that the the uptake of loans in Gauteng, Western Cape, and KZN Eben, not rural part, that is the the urban side of KZN, Deben, Marisbeck, and surrounds, is very high. But uh, with the other poorer provinces, the uptake is lower, 
And that is driven really by the, the level of concentration of SMMEs in those areas where we find that there's a high demand for an uptake of the what we call of the of the of the loans in those areas. So we, we measure even that performance capacity to ensure that we are aligned. Um the 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 the, the CEO of CEDA spoke Chaperson about the issue of post investment support. We do provide uh, post investment support to our businesses, uh, particularly the ones that have taken loans um, 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 from CIFA, so that we ensure that one, these businesses are sustainable, and two, we protect the money that they would have dispensed actually to these businesses. So we we have a division that we call post investment support and restructuring. Um, I did speak to the question chair that spoke to how many businesses were funded. And uh, I stated that uh, up to end March 2022, we funded uh, 76,129 businesses. That gave us those 96,589 jobs. Why don't you fund property development, chair? We do fund property developments that are actually backed by uh, uh, what I'll call Contracts, but not in commercial uh, businesses. Um, what we don't find is what we call speculative property development, uh, because that is really pure speculation. But uh, we funded a couple of uh, businesses that are in the, the space of providing um, residential accommodation for the students and also the developments of backroom flats in the townships. And, um, and uh, we also do fund a lot of retail developments uh, 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 for, for, for businesses. But what you don't finance, Chair, is your speculative um, property developments. Um, from the credit guarantee side, Chair, we do have the, old, the oldest, by the way, credit guarantee agency within CIFA, the Kula Credit Guarantee Scheme. And uh, we've seen a good performance, Chair, um, in that regard. And... Uh, what it has shown us that uh, through the use of KCG, we are able Chair, to unlock the balance sheets of the banks. Um, given the fiscal challenges that we face as a country, uh, crowding in those banks is one of the best interventions that we believe as government we need to continue actually uh, rolling out. Um, for example, Chair, in uh, the year ended March 2021, we extended credit guarantees to the commercial banks to the tune of about 201 million. And in return for that, Chair, the, the, the banks extended funding to SMMEs to the tune of about 1.3 billion, which gave us a multiplier effect of 6.25. For the year ended March this year, we actually extended a, a, a funding to the banks, which gave us a 6.38 multiplier effect to the tune of 1.40 billion share. So what it shows really, and our credit guarantee share is slightly different from the one of the treasure. We are strict on the conditionalities that we put that we prioritize SMMEs and those SMMEs must be black owned. And, uh, and uh, the banks are executing that. We are not participating too much on the treasury one. Um, we're still engaging the national treasury on how can we as the DFI participate because the way it's structured currently doesn't work for us because we can't borrow money share from the banks and then in return, we guarantee the banks. It doesn't make financial sense. So the, the model that we're using is the one that is uh, 
actually giving us the desired results and uh, it's performing, if you ask me. Um, the, the, the small enterprise manufacturing uh, support program, chair, is one of our most popular products in the institution. And we've seen the growth in that book. Um, um, and uh, we approved about 657 million, which gave actually, which gave us about uh, 68 SMEs with uh, 3,156 jobs. Um, it speaks chair to that issue of localization and also trying to grow our manufacturing base. But we've seen the book that is struggling a lot uh, during COVID and post-COVID. And we understand that the manufacturing sector was negatively affected by those um, economic shutdowns uh, that were linked to COVID-19. But uh, we anticipate uh, that uh, going forward, the book will improve as the economy uh, picks up. Um, I felt uh, I needed to cover those areas. And thank you. Thank you, thank you so much, uh, 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 CEO, um, for for the input. Uh, PPO quickly, as I said, that uh, you we were always together here. But um, please come in quickly if there are areas that you would like us to respond to, um, <coughs> or emphasize on. Dr. Nelia. Um, thank you, Chairperson. I don't think there was much for us. And the only one that um, I think the detail really answered the question about there was no historic information in terms of basically all the um, indicators and targets um, because um, they've developed new indicators and targets for the APP um, as well as Lucida, I think. Um, CIFA did give um, historic information, but the other two did not give any in- historic information. So that's basically, I think DG already answered that. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Dr. Nelia. Um, uh, anything from PPO before I proceed? Uh, sorry, Chairperson, I think we, we, we have a lot of our uh, areas of product, and like you said, we'll continue to get Thank you so much. Thank, thank, thank you. Uh, let 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 me go back to the uh, uh, oral minister. Minister, can you please please make your 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 remarks, responding and making your 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 concluding remarks before I come in, oral minister. Thank you so much, Chairperson. And um, <coughs> let me appreciate the comments and uh, responses that have been provided by our officials. I just want to talk to few issues. Uh, person that uh, have been raised, but I just want to highlight them. On the issue of the value chains, um, some of the honorable members asked in relation to localization, in relation to ensuring that SMM is pa- participate throughout the value chain, whether we talk about uh, the general dealers, the spaza shops, including the question that was asked of the pick and pays uh, that have access to the townships. <coughs> What we are doing to enhance the efforts of the department, honorable members, the first thing was to say there's a need for us to change how we've been doing things. We are moving away from a scenario where we're just doing things as a department to a scenario where we are taking an ecosystem approach, which means we recognize what is within our capabilities. We recognize also what our partners have and therefore be able to say how do we join hands in this. 
As a result, we are establishing an ESD platform, which performed uh, by ourselves in terms of the public and, and the private uh, partnerships grouping. Here we are saying, because out of the 3% that is expected as a contribution uh, from the BBE companies, it's supposed to come to, to enterprise supplier development. If you look at it as things stand, this is the money that is spent in the urban areas, but also mainly they focus on particular training. In other areas, it doesn't talk to core of the business. This is the first thing that we identify to say. We need to really try to leverage on the existing instruments that are in place before we talk about other monies that we need. So we're engaging the industries that are involved. We have proposed also to cabinet that out of that 3%, you will request that at least 30% be put aside for specifically township and rural businesses. 15% on the other side, 15%, so that it doesn't focus only on urban areas. But this 15% that must be put there, it must go in the core of the business. If we're taking mining, we're not saying that 3% must be spent on other perennial issues. We are saying it must be what you need as a company so that these people, as they will be put through this program, they're able to benefit in the value chain and the supply chain that is driven by the companies. So we will be establishing that. And in relation to your question uh, uh, about the budgets and all of that, yes, if I'm talking about this, there's 18 billion rands worth, if you look at, at the 30% contributions on ESD that are meant to, to, be, to be deployed in, in, in this program. But for us to leverage the 30% of that, we need to match whatever grant they are bringing. This is why we have made a request. We are submitting a request to National Treasury to say we need at least about 10 billion rands that must go to CIFA, as we have had the CIFA CE explaining on the importance of recapitalizing the KCG, which is the credit guarantee component. Of, of, of CIFA. And it will help if, if you look at the economic recovery and reconstruction plan, government is going to be spending lots of money on infrastructure. And if the SMM is there to participate, it means they must have access to funding. So these are monies that we are saying, government already, you have this budget that you're going to spend. All we are saying, help us make our SMM is ready by having access to finance. Not only us as, as, as CIFA, but we are partnering with others that will come on board. So we really need that, that money and, and your, 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 your support on that will be really appreciated. We are again looking at CIDA and CIFA, as you are aware, honorable members, that we are working on, on merging CIFA, CIDA and the CBDA. This we do because we want to provide a one-stop center for the SMMEs. Whether you look at the non-financial support or at the financial support, SMMEs must be able to find those services in, 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 in one agency. We have said as part of, of looking at the new products that must be offered, not really new, actually, some of the products that were there, but we did away with. We have looked at bringing them back. If we are to enhance the localization that the DG was referring to, that targets light manufacturing, whether we're going to be talking about energy and the, all the other components that require us to, 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 to invest in localization. And those EST programs, as I said, will also give an opportunity to and so that the products that are produced uh, in those will really find expression. But we'll have a CEDA, which is the new agency that will bring that capability so that we don't have people who are advocating over automotive, whatever, over manufacturing, but are not ex 
do not have the expertise that is expected to run that because this is what makes the private sector to say, no, 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 your quality, no, 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 this and that, we can't bring our money on board. So as we engage with them, we have then said, we are considering bringing this on, uh, on board and therefore they will bring the resources that they have to bring. Another focus on the DGM, honorable members, as part of improving what the DG said was, as DG made reference to the district champions, these are directors as things stand, they have their own responsibilities in their department. And it has been evident when we went to the district road shows that they couldn't be hands-on and provide the necessary information that we require because they must also carry out their responsibilities. We have said, since the, uh, directed the department uh, through the DG and his team, to say, let's appoint, even if it's for temporarily, whilst we're trying to see how can we get to make this permanent, appoint the district development coordinators. But we do that at a district level, we'll have a sense of what is happening at that level. Because one of the things that have weakened our state in growing and transforming the economy is the lack of alignment or integration in the plans from local government, the provincial government, and ourselves. Therefore, if we have those people dedicated in that region, there will be our liaison between all those spheres of government. Can I ask everybody Honorable members, everybody. Honorable members, honorable members, honorable members, please, please. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you, thank you, Minister. Please continue. Sorry for that. That's fine. Thank you, thank you. So these district coordinators will therefore be able to rally that information from the LED units because at local level we work with the local economic development units, district level, and then up to the provincial level. Now, if we have economic development strategies that are aligned, it therefore tells that even in our products that we, we design as the department, they will be responsive to each and every district. And as I said, we'll be putting one bodies that will be following up on, on, on that work. We have also picked up as we engage on the road shows that the capacity or the capability in the LED offices of concern. Many of them, they don't understand what needs to be done. And this is what they have confirmed themselves and indeed requested support that we can provide. We have, working with COGTA, we have also requested the National School of Governance to at least design an LED course that must help them have an appreciation of what is it that is expected of LED, LED officers and managers. We believe that with that training, then it will make things easy for us as we work towards uh, getting everything coordinated. We are collaborating with various departments at the Department of Basic Education on school infrastructure, which Minister Monsecha was anticipating around 4 billion rands if, if, if National Treasury approves. And we said specifically that's money that must be given to SMEs. Again, honorable members, if that is to happen, if National Treasury agrees, it means that then our agencies must be capacitated with finances so that they can be able to provide the support. We do not want a situation where people say, We've given an opportunity to small businesses, but they cannot deliver, or they, they delivered poor quality. So that's one thing that we said our interventions must focus on, enhancing our business development support, whilst we're also ensuring that they are market-ready and bankable as they go to access their the, the finances through CEDA. We're working also with the Department of Higher Education and Training in looking at the school um, residents, to say let certain things be given to the SMMEs. Same applies to the Department of Labor, 
and 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 also other artisans that UDG spoke about, including some professionals, because one of the things that make our SMM is not to be able to access financing, especially on incentives, is because they are not compliant. Compliance in this country is very costly, honorable members. This is why we are saying, whilst we're engaging all the stakeholders that are involved in this ecosystem, in the meantime, where we can find each other by trying, trying to sign MOUs, let that happen. Like the issue DJ was talking about of the licenses, we are engaging all municipalities. We are, we are set to present now to the NEC of Salga in order to engage all the political principles to see how can we sign whilst we're still trying to follow the process of the legislative amendments. We do request that the honorable members also please enhance utilizing your constituency offices, including your relations, to make sure that we can also work together in saying we don't have to wait for the legislation. These are the things that we all agree that they need to be in place if SMMEs are going to do what they're supposed to do. We are awaiting a meeting between police and, and correctional services. Another question was asked, how are we collaborating with them in order to make sure that small businesses participate in their value chain? Minister Lamula is committed to a meeting where we are identifying because they've identified products that are going to be down in-house. They're insourcing some of the products. But we did say that you can insource some because they want to cut costs, but that shouldn't be at the expense of, of, the, of, of the small businesses. We, we could be the ones that supply whatever. If you need flour, if you need to bake bread, you can bake your bread, but you can provide with flour and other things. We are engaging again with the big corporates, like the question that was asked on pick and pay that goes to townships. This is a program that the department had apparently um, approved and worked, agreed to in terms of working with pick and pay. But we are engaging uh, other cooperatives in the retail, like your Tiger Brands, to say how best can we come forward and join hands by giving an opportunity to those African township businesses that are in those areas that they may be able to buy at the same price that pick and pay sources products from them. And we, we are likely to meet the CEOs now. We've met with the other teams. Now the outstanding meetings with the CEOs, but there is a possibility of an agreement that we may reach. And we made mention, uh, another honorable member made mention of the program in Matatiel and how other SMMEs uh, were not aware. Unfortunately, this is the reality, honorable members. The information we put at the same place where people have access to, we advertise there, we refer everyone to municipality. It is information that is even available on our social media pages, except the website, but also when you walk in on our CEDAR offices and the LED offices, as I said, because specifically this one of, of, of the IMED that we're talking about, people submit applications in the LED offices. That's where people are at. So as much as we have those everywhere that we've traveled, we hand over to those that, those that have applied. And we always say, please submit your application to be considered for the next term. And we said the same in Matatia. Yesterday, we delivered to 31 uh, beneficiaries, whilst previously in Matatia, we had uh, delivered to 104. So just Matatia alone, we supported about 135 in this financial year. If you look at also the, our, our relief funds of, 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 of the floods that happened and the disasters, we again, we have committed about 10 point, we have processed up to 10.5 million uh, in, in, in Alfonso and Madadiel stands to benefit. If I'm correct, as you would correct that, I think they said it's about 6 million or so 
that is benefiting just from Matatial. And there are other informal traders that stand to benefit from those processes. Chairperson, allow me to, 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 to pause there and, and say, as I conclude, that we are really in need of support when it comes to budget. You did ask how much goes to small businesses in this country out of the billions that you, every time you, you, you appropriate in parliament. Actually, the trillions. Let me tell you, Honorable Sir, you only get 1% as SMEs. I'm not saying the department. I'm saying as SMEs in South Africa, government only procures 1% of the expenditure. And this is something that I'm calling upon yourselves to say, help us intervene. And the other issue of the disintegration of all these funds, which at times leads to the double dipping, because the systems are not integrated. At municipal level, they have agencies. At provincial level, they have agencies that are funding SMMEs, national, we fund, GTIC, national treasury, Mang Mang does that. And that also causes confusion in the same our constituency because we do not come up with the same criteria that must then say, even if we're going to have NEF funding, but this is where NEF plays and this is where our department plays, just like other provinces. We continue to engage uh, with the provinces. We continue to engage with National Treasury and, uh, and TTIC. Actually, at the center is National Treasury's willingness to understand the importance of one coordinated pool of funds with specific tasks that can be split. Chairperson, allow me to pause there. Thank you so much. On, on, on that note, um, um, again, thank you to uh, uh, Small Business Development Family, um, as represented by the Minister here, the, 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 the DG, uh, and the, 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 C, the CEOs. Thank you very much. No doubt it's a, it's, it's a, it was a very much worthwhile engagement, um, and uh, you have shared a lot of information uh, with, with us. Miss, let me just start uh, about info, information uh, sharing uh, using an example of, of Matatiel and I'm sure many other places. Uh, you may already be using this and all that I'll say is that please also uh, factor in your community radio stations uh, as, as, as information uh, <coughs> distributors. Uh, but again, uh, these are also small businesses. They are within your... Uh, <coughs> You are, you are, you are, you are, you are mandate. Um, usually these small uh, community stations, they don't get adverts from government and so forth. So I'm just saying uh, one area that you, you may also want to look into. And also I agree with the, um, <clears throat> with the sentiment that you have just uh, uh, articulated uh, of uh, what I call silo approach, both vertically and uh, horizontally in terms of uh, our, our 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 funding, uh, the left uh, uh, hand not knowing what the right hand is doing, uh, and as a result, we end up having least impact uh, <clears throat> as 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 government and our institutions in as far as uh, uh, funding is concerned. I I think at the executive level, uh, uh, our minister as the champion of of our small business, try to pull everybody um, uh, along so that uh, the sector that we are responsible for uh, gets a maximum impact. Um, you know, um, this, this thing of uh, uh, small business funding, BE funding, it's a big problem. And 
perhaps this is directed to us, honorable members, and I, I think we must take it up. We, uh, as government general, we must, we must walk the talk. Uh, wherever we, we, we stand on public platforms, we talk about uh, the, the role of small business, uh, the need to transform the economy, the need for inclusive economic growth, and so on. Uh, but we don't put our money where our mouths are. Uh, uh, the figure that the minister is sharing with us, uh, <coughs> it's, uh, uh, it's disappointing to say the least. I can use a, a strong way, but let me use this one. It's disappointing uh, to, 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 say, to say the least. Uh, minister, you'd have, you'd have heard that uh, when we're dealing with the underspending, the institutions which are underspending by 17 billion rand, the uh, SOEs which are underspending by a, a 14 billion rand, yet you are having a sector which is very important for the growth of our economy, uh, which is so underfunded. Uh, I, I'm saying this 14 billion rand underspending, 17 billion rand uh, 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 underspending. And uh, uh, having a, a department like yours, which have only underspent by 1.3%, if my calculation is correct, uh, you are 98.7% uh, uh, <coughs> spending, and people still need more money. Uh, the, the budget of 2.27 billion rand, uh, all members, uh, seriously, seriously, uh, I, I, <coughs> I think we need to do something about it. Minister, uh, so from from our side, uh, as as the committee would, would like to to work with you, and and try to to to, to correct this, uh, not just for the institutions which are under you, but for even other institutions which may be other uh, other uh, under other departments, but dealing with the very uh, uh, same sector. This one person thing it's it's it's, it's, it's just not 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 working. And 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 I think again, even that one percent, looking at our budget, may be an, an exaggeration. It may even be lesser than that. So, so we let's 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 commit to to, to doing that. And we'll do that not just because we like your department. Perhaps we do, uh, but because of, of of our understanding of the role that the department should be having with your institutions. The reasons are both political and historical, which we all know. Uh, if if you were the majority of the businesses which are in this sector are black businesses, mainly African businesses, uh, the women-owned businesses, the township businesses, uh, which have been on the receiving end of uh, all the apartheid policies. So political and historically, we have got a, 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 a responsibility as this government to make sure that we make funds available to uh, 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 to 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 them, but again, uh, economically, uh, when it comes to to to, to small business, um, uh, they have shown that in fact all the economies that have grown, they've 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 grown because this sector has been very very uh, uh, active. The economic reason is that uh, small businesses. Uh, Amongst other things, the what you'll call propensity to reinvest profit is very high to them. See, if if you um, um, you make a profit of five hundred thousand rand, let me say that per annum, the chances are, are that you are going to reinvest that money and, 
and wanted to make 750 the following year. Big business, when they make a, a, a profit of, of 1 million rand, the chances are that it's going to hurt that, 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 that man is not going to reinvest in the economy. No wonder that a, a cross, a cross fixed a, a capital formation in this country is amongst the lowest in the world, around 12% of, of the GDP. Although our, uh, our plan says that we should be going to a 30% of GDP. So around just 12%. So there's no reinvestment to the economy. And it shows the type of the, uh, of the economy that we're having. That is run by big business. Uh, we have got no appetite uh, to, re- to reinvest uh, with the known negative consequences of uh, lower economic growth, lower uh, employment creation. So I'm, I'm then saying again, why must we support this business, these small businesses, our members? We should deal with the over-concentration of business, the monopoly, monopolies and oligopolies in our, in our country, which is a big problem. So, and we can't do that with, without money. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing all these things, Honorable Minister, your team, PBO, because I'm saying these are the reasons that we, 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 sh- we should, uh, <coughs> uh, we should, uh, uh, Advance as we uh, argue for more resources to uh, to this uh, sector. As I said at the beginning, putting a, a, a man where our mouths are. And from our side, Honourable Minister, uh, lead that, and uh, uh, would like to uh, to have a meeting with your good selves with, with Treasury, as we did with MTBS, and deal with this with this issue. I'm I'm happy we've raised it and. And that's what I was saying, saying to DG, DG, you can't talk about your department and 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 don't and, and don't and and you don't talk about um, underfunding as 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 it were, because for the road there's so much expectation minister from that department uh, to deal with all those things. Uh, but let's make sure that we start trying to uh, <clears throat> to grow towards getting a better budget. Uh, for 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 the for the department, I think I'm I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of um, of the um, of the honourable members and 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 CEO Sifa. I think the see one of the things with with, with us is that uh, we we don't want to learn from what has worked for us. For instance, when we came up with the credit guarantee scheme, we never referred to the cooler credit uh, as a scheme as it were. And as you are saying that you have been able to leverage a lot of money, private money using this scheme. But I don't think there's anyone who came to you. As this committee we have been saying, uh, can the, the DFIs be uh, brought into this? But obviously, let the product work for, for small businesses. And from where I am, you are best suited to, to guide uh, how the scheme must work so that we are able to get the maximum uh, benefits and maximum output from it. So I like the uh, the uh, your 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 input as far as what we have been able to achieve. A uh, minister, I must say that I I do have a, a little bit of of history with 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 Kula. Uh, most of you in the platform, uh, I don't think uh, we had started school amongst the first directors of of of, of Kula. So I'm happy to say to hear that there are things that are are, are working. Uh, from that institute institution. With those words, uh, Minister, your team, thank you very much for taking time. Uh, I, I, I know it's a, it's a busy time for, for all of us. 
but to take time and uh, with uh, uh, your full bench and, 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 and engage us. This takes us to the end of that agenda item by your good self. Thank you, PBO. As I said, you know, uh, 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 Doc, Janchis, uh, <coughs> and Nelia, and uh, the, the team, we, we are still going to meet uh, very, very, very soon. They take care of this agenda item. Uh, you may be excused, but there's a transparent committee. If you want to remain with us for the remainder of the meeting, you are still welcome to do so. Thank you so much. Okay. 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 Thank, thank you. Thank you, Minister. Um, honourable members, uh, the the next agenda item I want to um, to put it to you the minutes of the the minutes of the 9th of September, twenty twenty two, were sent to us. Can I remove for the adoption of the minutes? Or members? I move, Chair. Kaiso. Honorable Kaiso moves for the adoption. Seconder. Honorable members. Honorable Peters, second. So can we go to the minutes of the of, of the 9th of uh, September 2022? Honorable members, can you go to the minutes of the 13th of September 2022? Move on, 15 September. Kaiso moves second. Peters. Peters, minutes of the 13th of September, Julie adopted. Um, Darren, do we have any announcements when is our next meeting? Maubani? Um, Yes, good, good afternoon, good afternoon, Chair and, 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 and members. The next meeting will be on Tuesday. We are meeting with the Department of Forestry and Environment at 9 o'clock. The link will be sent in due course. Thank, thank you so much, sir. Um, oral members, uh, I, I just as a closing remark from my side, I think this, you see this thing of all small businesses, there's just no funding for them. And as I was saying, that uh, departments and SOEs are able to underspend with billions and billions of rents, but we are not supporting uh, what we say will, will be. Uh, <clears throat> so I think uh, we need to put our foot down here with, with National Treasure. Let's 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 engage them. Uh, <clears throat> I'll be happy to, to to take suggestions uh, from your good selves. Okay. Um, that was uh, my uh, my closing uh, remark. Honorable members, um, and thank you, thank you so much for taking time on a Friday and uh, dealing with this uh, very important uh, matter. This brings us to the end of this meeting, and may I take this opportunity to wish you a very good and safe weekend. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Long live the Chair. Thank Thank you to you all. Thanks, Jack.